the Protect Your Neck Podcast, UFC Vegas 66 and UFC 282 Recap, going over the fallout from the past two events and answering questions along the way. Strap in. Hot air hangs like a dead man from a white oak tree, people sitting on porches thinking how things used to be. Dark night. It's a dark night. Dark night. It's a dark night. Hey, yo, what's up, everybody? It's the Protect Your Neck Podcast. I'm your host, Dan Tom. Analysts is work you can find over on websites like MMAJunkie.com, Action Network. But on this year's program, the Protect Your Neck Podcast, we break down high level MMA. Uh, but in a slightly different way. It's going to be a, a recap show and, and a live kind of live chat show, if you will, today. So uh, we'll be get going there. I'm going to hit the old share button and do the usual walk and talk as you guys are piling in the chat. Appreciate you guys for joining. I will get to those when I can. Uh, all right. Hope you guys are all doing well in the holiday season. Doobie doobie. See Rain Lamina in there. Uh... We'll get to his uh, his funny as per usual uh, little sing along intros that will one day get me canceled, but I will appreciate them nonetheless. Rain until that happens, uh, <laughs> and I'm gonna share this out right now, and we'll get this party started in here. I used to think they said the R word in that song, and I was like, is that what we're getting? Dan, move forward, stay on target, don't get yourself in trouble already. Uh, not before you get the show out, at least, right? We get the proverbial party started. Of course, I'm going to be sharing this show uh, on Twitter. It's about the only social media app I'm really good at using, which is unfortunate with all the chaos going on. I've been like off for it for like a week, so I've been catching up on things. I think I saw like some like gold checks floating around. I don't know. Um, I had like a lot of the new blue check people coming at me earlier. We'll, <laughs> maybe we'll touch on that later. Uh, it's been it, it's it's been something. Um, I, I'll try not to get hung up too much on any any personal stuff or whatever, but you know. If you guys want to ask me about anything uh, Hawaii-like, feel free. Uh, I'm not going to bore you guys with my details. It was a good trip. But, again, uh, whether you guys care or, more importantly, if you go, which I suggest not just respect the island and the people. Respect the island and the people more than you respect your uh, own home and own people in your town or whatever or family. Because um, it's just a beautiful place and, uh, you know, uh, people from there understand where I come from with that message. But so long as you do that, uh, old Dan Tom here will be more than happy uh, if you're going like on a family vacation or, you know, with your lovely, you know, significant other, I was going to say lady, but we could have ladies listening, we could have dudes listening, you know, uh, who going to Hawaii with other dudes, you know, uh, whatever the case is, hit me up. I got your back uh, when it comes to uh, recommendations. Um, thank you guys all for joining in. Just doing the usual walk talk. We got my guy Eric Betts fights in the house, Prince of uh, Mischief, uh, saying there's an audio delay. Okay. Anyone else? Uh, anyone else getting that? Hopefully not too badly. Um, my connection is uh is okay. It's coming in pretty clear. Um, but yeah, if anyone else is uh, catching that audio uh, delay, uh, hit me up and hopefully it's not too bad. If it is, well, we'll figure something out. Maybe I'll do a, a quick restart so while everybody's here um, before we get too deep into the show. But let me let me share this out uh, in the meantime. But yeah, feel free to answer that. Any any major audio delays, feel free to refresh the feed, double check. 
Um, if it is, and uh, regardless, yeah, feel free to let me know. I'm going to share this out uh, now. Really good at these walk and talks, as you can see clearly. I think that's why they have producers and uh, people for a reason. That, I, I should just you know go through the hassle of booking guests more because then it's a little easy. Like I can just throw to the guests and be like, "What do you think?" I'm like, yeah, all right. Uh, live now, uh, recapping recent UFC events and answering your questions. Feel free to come hang. Boom. All right. All right. We're getting going. Give you some audio. Any any feedback, delays, uh, let me know. And um, if it's not too bad, it's not too intolerable, we'll get the show going. Of course, audio recaps. <laughs> Oh, we'll, we'll we'll talk. Uh, we'll be talking about. I'll update you guys. Uh, I'll give I'll give you guys uh, updates on what's going on with that right now too, as well. Um, trying to post them as they go, but but uh, I'm waiting for things to go through before I fully post, as y'all can understand that. But yeah, yeah, we can touch on that stuff too. There's a lot of shady betting angles, right, to be talked about, and uh, you know, uh, that is the business that I'm in. I'm transparent. That's what this show's about. I'm honest and transparent for better or mainly worse as I like to say so um, yeah man we could, we could talk about that too I mean that's kind of what I put on there as far as like the general state of uh, MMA betting um, yeah it looks like it is just uh, Prince of Mischief anyone else having a delay no um, if anyone else is uh, let me know or if you're not actually let me know too because that uh, otherwise I'm, I'm gonna feel a little insecure about pushing on here but uh but yeah we're gonna be recapping a you know UFC 282 um, my plays for Bellator 289 I admittedly did not uh, get to watch a lot of 289 and even my watching of 282 was spotty because I was like packing and stuff um, as I tweeted, for those of you who follow me along during the fights, um, I was in and out. Uh, I knew I was going to be anyways. Um, but I went back to watch, obviously, key fights, as I tend to do. Um, whether I bet on them or not, it, it feels like there's a disproportionate amount where it's like, oh, you talk about the ones that you bet on. Well, it's like, it, it may seem like that because of, A, my ridiculous, uh, my ridiculous luck that makes it so I can't watch these Meet the Parents movies like with Ben Stiller or Anger Management like style movies with Adam Sandler because, you know, war veterans get triggered by war movies, maybe a rape victim from a rape scene or something like that, you know. Uh, me, it's it's bad luck. I, I cannot enjoy it because everybody's laughing at the character's bad luck and like there's no way that luck can be that Look at the circumstances he finds. And I'm like, I am that guy. This is not funny. This is not funny. This is This is me. This is the shit that happens to me. Um, so part of it's that, and then another part of it is, again, you know, I've even just pre-fight, forget post-fight, I've, I've had to limit, just, you know, what I can actually get into. So it's usually matchups that are worthwhile talking to from a technical standpoint, they mean a lot in the division, even if they're not getting, you know, the main card or the promotion, regardless of card format where they go. Uh, obviously, I try to put into those, and yes, fights that I'm going to target. Uh, and bet, because I want to do my due diligence on them. And when it comes to fight night, something I've been stating to you guys for a while is I, I can barely uh, have time to even watch those, even without the crazy I got to travel pack reasons like the other week. Um, so, yeah, you end up only, you know, studying pre and watching live um, 
mainly, not only, but mainly the ones that you have vested interests for, for one reason or another, right? And I state those biases all the time. Um, you know, that is one thing I'm good at, for better or mainly worse, because now I think, you know, and again, I, I, uh, we'll talk more about scoring and stuff, and like, I, I don't need any distinction. I'm more than, you know me, I'm more than happy to give distinctions, uh, not just to my media contemporaries for their work in scoring and criteria stuff, but just in general, I mean, name a podcast who shouts out, forget just MMA in general, name a podcast that shouts out more podcasts than I do. You know, there's probably a reason why uh, my numbers and success level is low and I'm probably one of the more generous shouters. Like, I, I should, I'm not trying to pat myself on the back. Like, I, I probably shouldn't be that way. Um, so it's nothing like that. It, it's more just, uh, you know, kind of like with the, uh, with the, what was getting me down with the MMA awards time. It just reminds me of like, oh yeah, no matter how, how hard you work, you will never be recognized as an analyst, you know, um, or, you know, no matter how much you want and, and we'll try to get to a commentary position, which I'm, I'm close to, um, it's, it's very hard to get those positions if you're not a UFC fighter. Um, so, you know, uh, I, I, I'm sure that because I bet I, you know, all my opinions on scoring are all for naught, but I guess if my any ego is in it, it's the ego of just like, okay, I want to uh, back on track, best the rest. So, hello, it was a Q&A part. Same small audio delay. Audio delay as well. Okay, sorry. You guys have an audio delay as well. I'm going to let you guys vote. Is it bad enough to where, uh, should, I, should I stop going or should I do a restart? I'm going to let you guys vote. So within the next minute or so, go ahead in the live chat. Tell me if you think I should restart. Bad enough to restart or just, 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 just keep going. Uh, if anyone can remember that Battle of the Bands old early YouTube viral video, um, let me know. Uh, let me know that. But yeah, it, it was it's just one of those things. Like I I, I get it. Like I won't uh, I won't be considered a, a, as amongst the scoring. Like with the the bronze setters, the Sheehans. Uh, shout outs to my guy Scott Fontana and Dan Urban for their excellent podcast, Couchside Judges, um, which is fine. But you know, I just kind of want credit just to at least like, hey, this guy at least knows what the fuck he's talking about. And uh, for one, and le less ego and, and less selfish, uh, non-selfishly, uh, most of my points are actually toward the middle of what the opposing sides are bickering about. Um, so it's not even so much, no one else is saying this, I'm sure other people are saying the things that I'm saying, but yes, I'm saying a very minority thing that really could be of use to both sides and perhaps bring us closer to the middle and understand each side better, perhaps trim some of the fat from each side. But unfortunately, again, um, I don't have the uh, the media clout, um, the former UFC fighter to lend to my name. Um, so a lot of these things is why I said like, you know, we're gonna talk today also about scoring trends that I keep talking about and keep happening. Um, you know, but uh, I'm not gonna get, you know, any credit or mention for it. And in fact, when I do bring up these specific points of, you know, clean leveraging techniques and the importance of it to, you know, my colleagues in the media, Usually it's very, you know, I don't, I don't, I get polite disagreements or polite silences for the most part. Um, you know, so, uh, and, and, and I get it. That's my area of whatever, I guess. I don't know. I'm no expert. I just, I, I, I feel like I'm, I'm, I'm bringing up very plausible points that I've beaten you guys over the heads with. Um, but yeah, as I round in to check on this poll of whether or not I should keep going. Yeah, we'll get into all those scoring trends. Um, as well. well. Perhaps they'll come up organically in the recap. Um, Alright, don't restart. The audio has adjusted itself. Cool. I think it's doing it uh, automatically and hopefully should correct itself for the replay. And for you audio listeners in the future, 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 
um, this won't obviously affect you at all because there's no video to sync to, which by the way, five star ratings and reviews appreciated. Um, liking this video and subscribing appreciated despite the slight audio issues that are adjusting themselves. So yeah, um, again, I don't I don't need any like specific credit, but yeah, it's uh, it is kind of annoying when you keep seeing these things. And what's more annoying, and perhaps why I don't deserve any credit in particular, um, is that my ass keeps finding myself on the wrong end of these picks and or bets um, of these trends. So you know, uh, egg on my face, I guess there, but also screw me for picking the more skilled fighter and skills win fights again I'm not doing it, judging it like a karate form or something like I know I'm a technique nerd and you know how people throw punches they throw it well I like them a little more if they throw them unwell whether it's effective deemed effective or not yeah maybe I, I like it a little less obviously there's biases there that I'll more than happily own up to but no it's, it doesn't have to do with that it's it is what is effective and we're being so subjective when there's not legitimate knockdowns um, and even those, which we'll talk about in round two, I believe, of uh, Gordon Pimblett when we get around to that fight, um, even those are subjective and can be falsely accounted for. So whether it's anything from a touching shot that looks to not even snap a head back to a snap a head back to a perceived knockdown to potential slip, it, you know, it. I would argue, and I had this, you know, uh, discussion with someone I, I strongly respect, um, that clean clean fundamentally sound strikes again not because you'd be pretty because being pretty can mean you know you're, you'd be pretty and be like pillow fisted and barely hitting it's like I'm not going to grade that nor should judges grade that high even if they are getting air quotes volume um, but having clean understanding leveraging strikes where you're in position to leverage a strike from um, I believe aids and supports your subjectivity right you know where was the, where was their feet in position where was their and these are all things hard to track in real time and we have the benefit to talk about this. I had the benefit to go back and rewatch the fight. The judges did not. Um, and I'm actually a little more sympathetic to their scorecards, even though um, I'll definitely give you guys my opinion on the fight. I definitely disagree and think it was bad scores overall. Um, I disagree with my bias in tow, of course. Uh, but we'll, we'll get to that fight. So now that the uh, chat has voted, appreciate you guys. Uh, doesn't Everyone seems to say keep going. Okay, we're going to go on and... Uh, Break down. Hey, Kazar. Hey, Dan. Hope you're doing well. Hope you're doing well as well. Thank you for subscribing and joining in on the conversation. Um, <laughs> James Kendrick says, uh, "Let's see here. That's Dan's ultimate pet peeve: scoring non-leveraging shots high when the opponent's back is taken." Yeah, absolutely. And again, I, I hear podcasts that I respect saying things like, uh, "Oh, we, you know, we shouldn't grade shots off your back as high." Um, or these these do nothing, but you know I'll hear the same those same people talking about oh um, Valentina Shevchenko was was punching with her back taken, you know uh, there's that and I'm just like you know so that 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 is you know or non leveraging submissions again which we'll talk about um, because again speaking of round two Pimblet Gordon uh, we'll talk about non leveraging of submissions as well and understanding those leverages. Um, you know, and keeping that same energy. You know, I, I just think it's just something very much to understand. So, um, you know, not, not trying to, you know, talk shit or call people out, but it's just like one of those things where it, it is frustrating that even our best minds, uh, in my mind at least, people I respect most, you know, these points are consistently not taken. And I also will add, guys, I didn't tell you guys, but I actually sat in on a 
I've talking I've spoken with judges before um, I'm planning to also shadow in person here for what that's worth but um, was invited by a high-level judge to the meetings that they have every quarter where they discuss rounds uh, where it's referees and officials and one of the rounds that we did score go back was O'Malley and Jan now I can't obviously uh, I'm not gonna uh, you know I'm transparent but also respectful of giving my word uh, keeping things in certain places like with the gym I don't talk about that I've always been consistent of that so I don't have any worries as far as myself or anyone I know getting in trouble with that because that, that stuff doesn't exist um, with me or in my house uh, as far as you know uh, anything concerning me goes um, but yeah I uh, so I'm gonna respect that too of course with these uh, judging things even though I do agree they should find a way to be more transparent to public though I do appreciate them extending for what it's worth folks they extended the invitation to, to media members um, like myself included now I am a big fan of paying your dues and keeping your, your mouth shut until spoken to in these kind of situations I'm not I am very grateful for the opportunity but I'm not also not gonna march in there and start espousing my points but I will say I will say when when they go to everybody to uh, not everybody but a majority of people they'll pick you know maybe half of the group who submitted scores at random and they'll go okay why did you submit this score and you have to explain your score um, I did a lot of my assumptions accusations whatever you want to call them and again it's nothing personal uh, obviously these judges are trained and understand even to a personal capacity themselves because they do train uh, to grade uh, leg kicks and even body work, even body work, because you know it feels like that's the least of the three levels that it gets credited for. But there was not a lot of mention of that at all. There wasn't a mention of I gave this person Jan O'Malley so much, you know, the leg kick or the checked leg kick, the body kick or the caught body kick, which was actually the strongest landed shot, which was a caught body kick. Um, O'Malley catches it, but he caught it on the body clean first. Um, that was actually one of the cleaner strikes of the round. You don't hear anybody cite that either for or against anybody. And there were scores all over the board, right? Um, yeah, that's fair to say. So I, I'm not going to, you know, divulge everything. But to that point uh, that uh, that K James Kendrick brings up in the chat, yeah, that is a big pet peeve of mine. And again, um, for what it's worth, you know, I hope I'm I, I'm invited. I was told I was invited back. Um, you know, I'm still, hopefully I still am because you guys know me. I'm also not shy to give my opinion. Now, I'm ne I never say robbery or anything like that. I'm not a robbery guy. I don't have that in my definition because actual robberies take place in this, as you guys can see with the ordeal with my, my bookie account. And that's, that's currently, they're working on to get resolved here. Uh, we're, 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 we're getting through the final stages of that. But, um, which I'll, I'll more than happy to talk about and touch on here. But yeah, for what that's worth, folks, I wanted to share that with you guys again. Um, I'm not like, oh, I did this and I'm special. No, it's like, dude, I, you got to put in so much work. Um, and I, I don't even plan on really taking the seat because I don't think that I, it'd be good for me because I, I know I, I already know too many amateurs and, and, and things and connections. And again, I'm one of the few people honest myself to deny myself paychecks. I state my bias so much that I not only state it like most of my colleagues are very bad at. Um, I actually stated the point where it's costing me paychecks, folks. Um, but but yes, I do plan on putting my due diligence, and not so I can brag, but it, it you know, maybe then, maybe you know, I, I I'll get some 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 acknowledgement. I, I don't know. All I know is I got to work extra hard for it, man. I got to work extra hard for it. Um, that's just that's just what it is. That's just what it is. I'm that's been every athletically. I've never been an athlete or anything like that. I've always had to have work extra hard for it. So yeah, uh, that's just gonna 
that's just going to have to be it. And that's also informs a lot of my bias, which is, you know, a lot of what informs a lot of our reactions to these things, right? Uh, I don't like seeing the person who's catered to because I wasn't catered to, right? Uh, I don't like seeing the marketable guy because I've been told so many times that I'm not marketable. You know, Hollywood doesn't, aren't interested in Asians, Dan. Uh, you know, you know, all these things inform our biases, whether we like to admit them and vocalize them like I did or not, right? So I think that's where a lot of the reaction and the, 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 the want to use the words robberies come from because you see a guy like Patty who gets all this promotional love. And again, we'll talk about, um, you know, and I think that that really that really fuels a lot of the a lot of the outrage. Right. So, I, you know, I didn't get a chance to look back at my tweets recently before this, like I planned to or like I plan a lot of things. Um, but yeah, I don't think uh, I shared or said anything that was that was too crazy, uh, though. I will when I get to it. Um, I feel like I'm already talking about that fight now. Um, when I get to it, uh, talk about, uh, you know, one thing I guess I would take back, which wasn't even a big thing, um, and it's just my normal probably props to John Anik as far as commentary, said I felt it was a little patty-heavy commentary, but really it was just Rogan doing normal Rogan stuff, who, uh, again, I think I made that point earlier where, like, Rogan used to be, like, the jujitsu guy, and now he's somehow turned into the jujitsu noob where he's, like, and not even talking about the long running, oh, he's, it's, it's sunk in, right, that Joe's been doing forever, because even when Joe was doing a decent job um, or a good job by some people's standards, right? Where we were all kind of in agreement, and he was still, you know, uh, before cancel culture got him. Uh, but, you know, like, like even then he was still doing the, oh, he was missing on those. And I, I don't grade those terribly. You're, you're caught up in the moment. Like, I get that part of it. But there are some things, like, again, back to non-leveraging chokes, which we'll get to. He just will call stuff, and it's just like, dude, it's so clearly not in. Like, what are you talking about? Like, uh, you know, when there's a clear limb in, like, what was it, that Frota girl? Who was that Sarah Frota fighting somebody? And, you know, he was doing that cl classic thing where they, they found out, you know, they had Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu black belt, which is, you know, starting to get to be like a Cracker Jack thing, uh, credential. Uh, so he was just like overly selling that because he didn't do the research on the fighter. So he's just really leaning on, yeah, but this is a black belt and you shouldn't give this position. And oh, she's in trouble. And like, it was, she was clearly not in trouble. It was like a triangle that was like down below the shoulders. And the other fighter had like the knee like clearly cut that not only were they nowhere near a triangle, they were actually in a position to pass as soon as the uh, person on bottom stopped stalling. And Joe was like convinced it was like a sunk, tri a near sunk triangle, the way he was calling that. And even like the color commentators who, you know, stay in their lane, especially when it comes to jujitsu, were like, ah, yeah. <laughs> like, so it, it's, you know, and, and, and that's something else too. Like, you know, I, I had, you know, a friend who, you know, who, you know, submitted a rogue scorecard and, and we we're talking about it in private and was just like, you know, um, you know, uh, and, and one thing I asked the person before we got going, I'm like, just be honest with yourself. Let me let me let me curious something because I was still on the commentary was a bit patty by which I don't think they really were. Like Anik, Anik's the man. He was he was making sure that he was getting the Gordon counters in there to the point where people accusing him of bias the other way, right? So I definitely don't want to go too hard at the commentary there, but we see that a lot. And I said the commentary, but really it's the crowd and more importantly the judges that will get swayed by again classic trend I always talk about big swinging shots um, but they're not really landing whereas clean counters to the head as well but yes to the body two to the body left hook all night was landing for Gordon one of the two shots if not both of them 
um, leg kicks. Uh, he had more leg kick counters as well. More leg kick checks. More attempts to check. More attempts to check and counter. Winning all three levels. All facets of the striking exchanges. Which is where this damage word, which is really impact, is supposed to be from. And then I also heard, you know, again, really educated podcasts and people. Um, again, this gets mistalked mis- mis- about too. Um, and I know that, you know, my colleagues in the media do a good job, like the Sean Sheehan's of the world, uh, the people that I, I just referenced, you know, Bronstetter, uh, Couchside, um, reminding it's effective striking and grappling. It's whatever's happening, and it's not the Big John definition of, as much as I love, you know, uh, Big John and respect his opinion, it's not the definition of, well, most of that round took place, so that becomes a grappling round. It's like, uh, if you want to say the majority of the round was took in place in grappling and the majority of the grading is happening with grappling fine but when you word things like that in near absolutes it makes people discount or give the illusion that we're discounting a whole facet of the round so both of those things that lead into each other have really misguided people to their going are we grading striking are we grading grappling i don't know but but damage seems to be the thing and uh and uh, if you're not doing anything with the positions um we shouldn't give you anything. So now we're overcorrecting from the 2009 scoring, even though we still see it with fights like Nick Maximoff to Puna Soriano. Or I admittedly didn't get a chance to go back and watch this one. The more egregious Doug Crosby scorecard, which was 50-45 Savatello, where it sounded like he was essentially, again, rewarding like 2009-style wins against the cage grappling. Although it sounds like Savatello actually, for what it's worth, though he didn't do much or threaten much, actually got secured takedowns positions and riding positions Things Maximoff didn't even get. Anyways, don't get me started on that. So, yeah, but hey, here I am, like, repeating these themes, repeating, warning about the overcorrections years ago, because not even just with the criteria changes, even before the block of which Izzy, I talk about overcorrecting the steering wheel on this podcast specifically when it comes to officials of all roles, regulatory to the rules, uh, we see it with referees. You know, the referee gives the early stoppage, and then the next one, they're probably guilty of a late stoppage, right? Or they're kind of a late stoppage, and now they're maybe early on the trigger, right? Um, when these shows like Couchside are doing their rounds, I would mention it there too. Uh, uh, the, you know, they don't really mention it, nor do other people going, well, this judge gave a 10 8 here, but he didn't give a 10 8 later. Or this judge didn't give a 10 8 here. And the, the, you know, the, uh, the opposite effect. Well, both those opposite effects come from the same human nature of overcorrecting the steering wheel. It was There was a close 10-8 that you could have justified the 10-8. One guy gave it and was probably nervous about it because 10-8s are still so new and doesn't want to be too much of an outlier. So if another one comes along, chances are that judge is probably not going to give two 10-8s because he's going to stop and go, uh, whether he realizes it or she realizes it or not, are they going to go, am I giving too many 10-8s? Where the person that passed up on the 10-8 go, Am I really just being a part of this non-10-8 problem? And did I miss an opportunity to give a 10-8? I better give it on this one. Otherwise, it's going to look like I'm just ignoring 10-8s. I better give a 10-8 here, right? Um, and as we get into the, we're going to go top to bottom here. I know it was a long, long-ass intro. Um, uh, down at you know UFC 282, Magomed Ankalaev and Jan Blachowicz. I don't disagree with the draw, and I'm, I'm happy we got there, even if it was one hinging card that technically had the draw to determine that result, split draw, right? Um, but yes, these are this is human nature. And again, just like when I bring up leveraging striking, when I bring up like the human nature aspect, like I get scoffed at. People, oh, oh, no, no, judges know better. And I'm like, I'm not saying they don't know better. Let's st- again, 
I feel, again, talking about me, and I'm not fucking a centrist, believe me, I'm not fucking trying to associate that, but I'm talking about just literal common sense, cut out politic bullshit. I'm just trying to get the center of a fucking problem for the better of all of us. The fighters, our understanding, gamblers, the fans alike, doesn't matter. Everybody. But, like, it is it is just uh, uh, Doug Crosby score. Yeah, yeah, he's he's... Yeah, Crosby is, is is definitely that's that's definitely problematic too. Um, we'll get to that. And he wasn't in this main event score, but uh, maybe that's part of the reason why I don't disagree with these with 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 the way uh, Jan and um, Jan and Blakovich, uh, um, you know, getting the scores it did. I had the first three rounds for Blakovich, but you could easily um, you could easily make a make an argument for round one. I believe being that swing round. I did go 10-8 because I like to go by the common sense as well as the criteria. And something that's not mentioned in the criteria because everybody gets hung up on the word damage when it's actually the word impact. But a lot of these supporting words, um, I would like to think, are written in the criteria for a reason. And what constitutes immediate, whether you're d deciding what's immediate um, or more immediate, I should say, impactful and what's more... Um, Attritive, um, one of the metrics that is weighed uh, heavily enough, again, to be stated as a supporting statement to the, many of these things that are often referenced in the criteria when you actually go look, is fighting spirit. And is it a main one? No, I'm not trying to hang my hat on it. But it's something that's never brought up. And I think that whether you are earning a 10-8 with your grappling by doing damage like Uncle Iev was doing, or whether you have your Jared Gordon and you've got your head pressed up against the pit cage and you're popping Pimblet with hard enough shots that aren't going to be counted as significant strikes. We'll get to that talking point. Um, but are enough to really get him to spaz out and freak out and go back to the, and, and get his back off the cage for the second or third time in the round because he doesn't want to take those hits that are supposedly soft and not doing anything. Um, yeah. Like I, I, I think uh, I, I, th you, you, you can often tell by the fighting spirit. Now, a metric that'll be brought up to help gauge, which I, I agree with, it shouldn't be a be-all, end-all. It shouldn't even be a big piece of the pie, but it certainly should be a piece acknowledged, is, especially if we're going by the logic when we're making excuses and you know doing the up who mean where we're jumping in front of the, you know, my colleagues do the opposite where they're jumping in front of the judges, uh, which a lot of these people are fine people. Like, oh, I probably would like... I think you know be you know be friends with outside of a professional setting. So I'm not trying to shit on it. I don't shit on him or anything, but I'm just saying I'm not going to sit here in a poo and jump in like and take bullets for him. You know, like uh, you know, like like uh, like 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 like, oh, like the Must Fan Boys in the comments. Oh my goodness, um, you can't say anything about that. I'm if I can get attacked just for mentioning that. Um, but anyways, uh, yeah, like uh, sorry, what was I saying there? Fucking, I'm all over the place, folks. Sorry about that. But yes, fighting spirit, that's it. Fighting spirit. It, it is, and not the Modelo fighting spirit. Like, that, that is something to look at. I know we'll, we'll go, again, refs, I think that's an important metric. You know, if they're warning the fighter to move, that should count for something. Does that mean automatic 10-8? Like, no, no. No rule of thumb should exist because there's too many contexts. MMA is too volatile. But it, it should count for something. And just like it should count for something is if whether the ref is, you know, how, how hard the ref is reacting to it regardless, if a fighter is showing visible uncomfortability, um, which you actually get in that pimblet in uh, Gordon round three, um, which we'll get to, um, like, 
that, that 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 does count for something. That does count for something. That should show that it's being effective. And as much as I shit on Joe Rogan, he's got a point a bit with his dated kind of meathead reductive statement as it is. But I, you know, part of me strongly agrees with it. We're like, you know what? At a certain point, if the ref's not bailing you out, this is a fight. It's your fault. Get up. Get off the cage. Right. Like, that was the one directive for as disconnected as Patty was for being up two rounds. Now you can partially blame for his corner because his corner was saying you're doing everything perfect, Patty. Um, like, you know, except the, but the one correction they did give him, um, not to shit on his corner, but maybe that is, I'm kind of actually explaining maybe why Patty thought he was up um, so brashly. But um, they just told him to, to be more urgent when he was, when he was when his back was against the cage, you know, because, again, it's a bad look. Even Even they know that. And most corners do. Um, but yeah, I have no issue with that 10-8. Uh, like I explained some of the psychology on why some of the judges gave the 10-8 and some of the judges may have not given it a 10-8 in comparison to previous 10-8s given on this card. Um, here, I again, I know I've been disjointed, so it's a weird time to pump your chest. But again, multiple points you don't hear on uh, on, on, on other shows. But, you know, hey, here, here, here we go. Uh, but, uh, but yeah. Um, all right. We're going to move on to Patty and Gordon so we can put it behind us. Mark Holzerland. Dan, I love your breakdowns of the PYM. Been following you on Twitter for years. Got to dip out right now, but keep being your brother. Appreciate that. Thank you very much. Um, yeah, but uh, so, so I appreciate all you guys in the chat, by the way. Um, but, yeah, um, anyways, uh, I just, uh, yeah, so we got Patty and Gordon round three. So, again, um, for me, it, you know, it wasn't. I never say robbery, so I, I hate being lumped in in the outrage crowd or just 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 the betting crowd because again, there are plenty of points that I like to bring up about um, fights that I get you know pissed off about uh, that I had no betting or interest or even fan interest in, like uh, the time I was on Couchside Judges for example, we broke down. I forget what fight it was. It was like Luis Saldana fight, and. They were giving a, an attempt for a buggy choke, and have we been seeing buggy chokes exponentially more? Yes, but no more than we see every soup du jour submission that you know eventually catches so much fire on the nogi grappling scene that eventually we act like it's new, but a lot of these aren't new. They that's why I'm using, I'm really emphasizing on eventually here find their way into MMA, and they are harder to pull off, so you see less of them. And again, like any fad, whether it's no gear MMA, people are going to find out ways to get rid of it. So it's just weird of like that choker. I know Jan finished Krylov with a rear naked grip where he had the head and arm, but head and arm chokes do not need to be fully in when you are middleweight and above folks. Middleweights are heavyweights who are cutting weight. So when you are a big person, you don't need to go out. I remember, you know, uh, me and Phil Davis at Alliance MMA gym kept accidentally putting a putting uh, putting uh, big Neil Melanson unconscious, even my small ass, because Neil is fucking big, and whether you're fat or muscular like Neil is, you don't need a lot. You can just use a head and arm pass with one arm, and you're accidentally putting your partner out. Okay? And, and it was Jan Blakovich who was all upper body and a freak, not just big, but a freak, had a full back control to where he was leaning off to the side and had a leveraging squeeze a la Aljamain Sterling to Mitsugaki. Different techniques, similar squeeze off to leverage point, okay? Patty Pimblett in round two, which uh, I'm going to talk a little disjointed here. I apologize. Um, he does not have that. He is essentially doing the equivalent 
of dropping for a guillotine that he doesn't have something that their own corner to us as fans without betting when we have, we have had no betting interests and everybody in between have all screamed at our screen or live at the fighter for fighters themselves have called themselves out on it even with a chagrin props to Dustin Poirier but it is a thing what Patty did was even worse because it wasn't even a guillotine or close to the leveraging you would get from an arm in guillotine or regular guillotine even decently fought you can make adjustments like hangoffs or the brian t city ortega cup swanson he had no leverage he was hanging off from the side and anybody who knows anything about grappling especially once you saw that underhook in play in the position there was never a choke there now again back to my criticism on joe rogan he thought it was close as shit and again, what I keep talking about, and I'm not, I don't call Robert, what, what, I'm mad because I could smell it. I could smell it. My, my score was 29-28, Gordon, but I had a feeling they were going to give it to Pimlet. I gave rounds one and three to Gordon. I gave two, actually, on live watch to Pimlet. Of course, I don't post my scores because I don't post or submit scores because, again, even though I'm passionate about scoring, I also admit my biases and I'm not going to help by submitting bias as scorecards. People aren't going to understand that context if they go back to MMA decisions and they see me to use me amongst their shitty stats arguments and to, to terrorize other people and, and perhaps you guys out there, right? It's like, I don't need to contribute to that nonsense there. Um, I can show my work. I do so before, during, and after. It's fine. Um, you know, I don't, I don't need my name on a website. It's, it's cool. Like, and they do a great job there, by the way. It's not taking shots at them. I'm glad that tool's out there and good on them, whoever runs that. Um, but that's how that's how I had it, and uh, yeah, when I when I went to uh, back to finishing that submission thought though, uh, and Karen back to that, t tying that submission attempt to that Luis, Luis Saldana like buggy choke one, it's just crazy that like you know, and I, and I wish I pushed back more against uh, Scott and Dan. And again, I love those guys, I respect those guys. It's okay for us to disagree, folks. You know, we should be, just we gotta be able to talk about it and explain and show your work respectfully, right? Um, but I do wish I, I pushed back more on, on that respectfully because I remember they were grading that as a damaging submission. And for, for one, there's the whole argument of non-leveraging strikes where there's also, I just explained leverage on submissions, right? This is, this is how we, this is how we, uh, a tool we can use to, to uh, you know, uh, decipher whether someone's doing a technique correctly is if they are doing the technique correctly. I mean, isn't that martial arts? What the fuck are we doing here, folks? If clean leveraging technique doesn't count for anything. Uh, but also the point of like, um, okay, if we're gonna keep that same energy, how many fucking close guillotines and chokes um, that people that like I told you the classic drop for that we just laugh at and discount and we don't give them any credit Did you go and give them credit for it? Okay, maybe unfair to be too retrospective and pull tweets from 2012 and shit before the criteria was reversed before people like myself or the couchside judges people um, Improved our understanding which we had to put work to improve and folks. We're not perfect either and we still you know We're still uh, open to getting things wrong. It's fine um but I'm just talking about even just within the last year or so. It's like I guarantee y'all didn't keep that same energy. You know, the general y'all. And furthermore, thirdly, on these type of submission attempts, you know, if we're hanging on to the damage, even though it's impact, folks, um, 
if we're gonna give, and I, I agree, we should give. I, I'm I am one of the only motherfuckers out there saying metrics for scoring grappling. How about metrics that already exist and make sense, like submission catches? Again, should they be a big part of the pie? No, but they should be counted for. So again, you can catch a choke and, and count it. But if we're gonna really hinge our argument for counting missed submissions, the one missed submissions we're gonna get, we're gonna make a damage and impact argument then shouldn't that be like Roman Delize style leg locks, like joint and stuff that actually can get your opponent limping and has broken many of arms and been the cause of many end of fights, whether it's a clear hanging limb like a Tim Sylvia or the aforementioned Delize hurting Hawes, which clearly leads to his finish. Like, it's like, shouldn't shouldn't those be the submission attempts we're standing for? Why, why are those never in the argument? You know, and granted those ended the fights and made it quite clear but again how many near arm bars and that guy's arm has to be popped look at Carla's elbow all these things right and, and, uh, Carla's elbow reference is probably a good one because that was probably another split decision that you know she arguably lost I believe what was that to Grasso right um, where people like argue about that so again folks ah, you're only going to hear it on this show that I've heard at least anyway but you know, I, I it's like oh, I almost wish people would just take these notes and take my credit for it, because then I'd, I'd get less angry when like seeing, you know, like the Goodwill Hunting lines, like when he's burning the fucking papers, like good not to watch you guys fuck it up anymore, like that's that's my mood <laughs> uh, on this stuff. But anyway, so what I came across was everybody saying that ah, oh, it, 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 is it a robbery or not, or it's it, it's definitely bad scores, and what, what justifies it being from a bad score? to the people out there shouting robbery, which again, I am not, folks. My, when you see me getting excited, again, it's more my history of bad luck with these. It's, it, that's what I'm reacting more. It's not that, oh, robbery, this or that. Like that, That's never what I say on any of these. I'm just, at this point, it's literally a point of pride that I've been able to manage to come in on the wrong end of picking the more skilled fighter to win. Uh, them showing they're the more skilled and impactful fighter in exchanges, winning a majority of exchanges, and just losing these decisions over and over and over and over again. Um, that's what I'm reacting to. It's not a robbery. It's not F the judge. It's not, you know, there's definite things we can do, and there's definite judges that don't belong there like Crosby, and that's pretty clear. I think everybody's made that clear, you know. Again, you know, I, I talk about, you know, some of my colleagues, you know, doing the Apu meme and stuff, but, again, even like, you know, uh, Colleagues who, you know, I've worked with the judges you could accuse of that, like, are saying it was a bad scorecard. I know I know my guy Bronstead on TSN said it was a bad scorecard. And he's very, he he's very reserved in when he'll say that. He said so himself. Not taking, not putting words in his mouth. Not mischaracterizing. These are his own words. Um, it's a very, it was a very bad scorecard. And a lot of it hinges on round one. Now, oddly enough, I actually was less confident in round one and more sympathetic. Now, I still scored it for round one for, for Gordon. But I was less confident on the rewatch in my score for Gordon. And I was actually more confident in my score for round two, who I gave to Pimblet live. And I actually was just slapping myself like, what the fuck were we watching? This is this looks like a clear this looks like a clearer Gordon Gordon round than the uh, first one. Now, Patty does land uh, some good leg kicks right uh, throughout the first um, half of the fight which leads to the first half of the second round, right? Um, but for every leg kick he lands, Gordon is countering him with punches and winning at, at least one, if not a majority of the time, the next two exchanges after Patty hits him. 
Now, Patty, even though he's not attempting to check and he's not countering off the kicks as much, much less as effectively as Gordon, one counter he does have for not so much leg kicks because he catches Gordon uh, both times, I believe, throwing body or possibly high kick attempts, um, but he does the classic block right-hand counter, um, and he catches Gordon twice really good that round uh, with that. He also catches him with straights both from the lead hand and with his right hand, though not as clean, um, at the end of flurrying exchanges throughout the first half to first maybe uh, 60 to 75% of the round. So he has these moments, right? He's got, you know, two or three good quality leg kicks. He's got two or three good quality shots that come at the end of flurries, which the commentary, mainly Rogan, was comment like crediting like they all land when really the majority at least the first three punches every time didn't land it was usually like after it took it took patty like usually after at least three punches to start finally landing um but yes he did land those and then again those two countering moments but go look back at all those moments which sound like a lot and a decent amount to give someone around gordon answers back again if not once at least twice cleanly each time with his classic hard right hand to the body left hook upstairs now, I've heard, you know, um, the couch side judges guys, and it's not to say anything out of school or like any DM conversations I've had with them because they said it like publicly on their pod. But like one of the points uh, they brought up was like a, a, a 45 seconds was what I kept hearing of like a Gordon being inactive in the second round. If it was 45 seconds, it didn't stand out that way because I was aware of that watching it the second time around. And, um, I also heard a point where like Patty hits him and it makes Gordon go back. And I was like, you could accuse that really for every time Patty hits him, whether he hits him cleanly or not, because Gordon, Patty is flurrying sloppily. So not only is Gordon shelling, you can only shell so long before you're going to get hit by something. This is MA. It is a good defense and Gordon was using it very well, but it's still ultimately not a great defense. Things can still get through. Like I credited Patty, I believe properly earlier. Um, he has to kind of back up and, and there's a natural dip, which optically looks bad. And that's why like Rogan, oh, it looks rocked. And it's like, no, he didn't, he didn't get rocked by any of those. Yeah, he got hit by like a shot at the end of the exchange, but he counters back multiple times. Um, but that dipping looks bad. And that's actually what's happening toward the end. And if you look at it, Jared actually lands two uh, left hooks that are harder than any of the slot that Patty is landing in that exchange toward the end. And then even um, parries and counters as he's circling off, gets his back off the cage after he's, cause, because clearly those two left hooks were the most meaningful shots out of that whole slop shit that Patty threw. Then he hits him with a straight jab on top of him. For those of you counting at home, that is four consecutive strikes to punctuate an exchange that was perceived by commentary and many that Patty won and was clearly Patty's biggest moment of the fight. And what does Patty do? Because again, he just hit four straight shots that made him let his man off the cage. You know what I'm saying? That that means more to me. That kind of body language means more to me. A guy who's coming forward and getting backed up by left hooks in the first round means more to me than Jared Gordon, who is his style, by the way. He fights off the count. He counters in combination. Uh, and he and, and, and he sets him up and stages him off the back foot. Is it the best style in MMA? No. You can run into, uh, you can get out volume, like if you're a Tyron Woodley, which thankfully Gordon was not and did not fight nearly like Tyron Woodley, 
But again, some guys do that do do that out more that more out fighting style. Should we automatically penalize them for it? And so if we're going to penalize Gordon for going backwards, but we're also not if we're going to go with that kind of reductive uh, tertiary criteria, but now we're just going to write off the tertiary criteria when Gordon controls him for m- multiple minutes. Like again, keep that same energy, folks. Um, you know, and, and and when I went back to look at it, like, holy crap, like, uh, lulls in the action, like, I think they were really, they were really overblown for the Gordon argument, because, again, the damaging shots are coming by way of Gordon, and even watching that second round, like, you know he's he's getting him against the cage and he's popping him really hard against the cage as well there he's much more active than he is in the third round clearly but he still does some of that in the third round which I'll get to in a second but I actually come away with the uh, second round leaning more uh, even more confident in Gordon even though I initially scored it for Patty but here's what happens and this is something that I know I'm not the only person that talks about um, I know you know Sean Sheehan's mentioned it couch I judge so again giving credit where credit's due here but whenever there's a break for a foul Coincidentally enough, you see some suspect scorecards lean out for that round because momentum is a motherfucker. Not just for the fighters, uh, which is why, you know, that blatant, that obviously blatant, or at, at the very least, blatantly negligent eye poke from Patty after, again, picking up on my previous thought, getting hit by four significant strikes cleanly in a row in what was supposed to be his biggest moment of the round, um, conveniently gets the eye poke there, right? And regardless of the shade that I may or may not have thrown there, the fact is that eye poke broke up the momentum for Gordon. And conveniently, now he's getting hit with shots in that last flurry, you know, that he was, before he was getting uh, getting hit with like, you know, uh, 2% of the first few shots. And it was the end shots like I was telling you about. But in that last flurry, if you notice, he gets hit with the first three shots and evades the last ones. It's because, hmm, maybe he just got poked in the fucking eye? And maybe the judges, including myself, along with the commentary and the bias, because, as, again, as much as I'm copping to bias and stated why and, you know, almost blanket paintbrush stereotype the reason for people getting robbed because they were Patty haters, let's not pretend there's not Patty and Barstool fans, more importantly. Barstool is a very big entity with a lot of followers and fans of that. So there's bias on that side, too, ladies and gentlemen. Um, but, yeah, so I, I, I get sucked into that a little bit. You know, we get the low in the action. Patty finishes strong. Boom. Hence, you have people, you know, fooled into thinking that it was around. But then I see people that I respect. Again, back to my guy, Aaron Bronstetter, who is not getting swayed by commentary for this one because he's he's live and he's having a cage shot scorecard. He's scoring at Gordon. Other people from cage shot are scoring at Gordon. Striking analysts who don't bet on fights who are my main resources for these scores and usually confirm me not being crazy. Um also scored it for Gordon so I'm like oh cool that's good maybe maybe Gordon did get it so then we get round three and again you know not picking on my guys couchside judges definitely not picking on Anik from Florian podcast here but they kept repeating a note uh as far as Gordon inactivity for round three which was also repeated live on the broadcast by John which was that left hook was Gordon's first significant strike and I know he had a producer in his ear feeding him that stat and again this is why I don't like these stats because they are drawn from a unreliable well of information. Significant strikes. It's like, it wasn't just, you know, shout out to my guy, uh, Dan, Danny Herbs. Uh, if, 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 if Dan Urban was like a pothead friend of mine, I would totally call him Danny Herbs, by the way. I'm going to call Dan Urban Danny Herbs anyways. Um, I love Danny Herbs. But, <laughs> but, uh, 
But like, um, but yeah, like uh, Storley knees is his, his thing. Like they weren't all like Storley knees, and yeah, the knees weren't great, and Patties weren't great either. And and you know, I often say that you can actually get some more leveraging knees to the body depending on the position if you're the guy at the back of the cage. And I actually saw some of those to Patty to his credit. You know, I grade those higher than most, and I did here on my rewatch, by the way. But Gordon was much more active than he was characterized, and in people's defense, who were characterizing that, he was much more active than even I remember, right? And I and I. And I was, and, I, and I'm, you know, biased for Gordon. But even I was like, yeah, he could be definitely been more active, this and that. Um, not exposing Dana White's talking points, who again is, you know, once again shitting on his fighters. Uh, again, like apparently he was crit- really crit- critical toward Gordon. Didn't really say anything about Patty. But, um, but yeah, he's way more active. And he, and again, for all the talk of like, oh, Patty got Gordon to back up. I'm like, when? Gordon was always backing up and walking him into shots. That is a tactic. It is a style. And it's a pretty damn effective one in this case. When you're facing a guy like Patty Piblet, keeps his chin straight up in the freaking air and his striking technique is loopy and just out of sorts. But hey, you know, big, big punch go boom. Um, but Gordon did get a couple big punch go booms. He actually gets Patty to back up to the cage somewhat frantically um, twice, okay? Twice in that third round where he wasn't active, where they were just glued to the cage. He actually, on, on two separations and two separate times, gets him to back up to the cage. And again, I count that for a lot more because not only were there clean strikes attached, although one of them was a grazer, I felt the one that they credited on the broadcast, we go, That's, that was Gordon's first significant strike. Um, it was a grazer, but it did land, so okay. But uh, but but I'm like, uh, who are we going to give credit for? The guy that naturally backs up for backing up or the guy who naturally comes forward is allowed to come forward. His style inherently has him come forward. And despite all those things, there he is getting punched and moving backwards. But we're going to focus on Gordon moving backwards? And after the second time Gordon got him to the fence in the uneventful round, um, he's a, he's keeping head position the whole time, and again back to that fighting spirit note, just making Patty uncomfortable. So again, when there's not a lot to score, not only is the guy controlling from a common sense, well, who's who's the motherfucker holding onto the person? Who's on top? Who's got the dominant cage position? Um, who's got the back position? Who's got the dominant position that uh, of what's being played and what was being played that round? Primarily the cage. It wasn't even just that he was landing strikes, not the most impactful strikes in the world, but they're making him uncomfortable. In fact. One of the left hooks to the head that he he landed really good a right hand off of in the second round, he lands the left hook in the same combination, even cleaner, and it gets Patty to freak out and he pushes off the cage even as gassed as he is because he also had that body language not going for him optically. Um, but you know again he kind of partially gets his back taken at the end and that's how it looks and before the back take there are some slop strikes that help Patty get to a more advantageous position, but none of those strikes landed cleanly. Um, I, again, I don't know how much leverage you can get from him, but, you know, uh, Darren Till found himself in a, a similar position against Third Reichus Duplessis, I, I guess. But, like, Gordon had his arm out blocking, like, those. it was only three strikes. And then at the very end, which there's no choke attempt, so, again, if we're playing that whole, well, if you didn't do anything with the position rule, like, are we really going to give him the back? Because if you look at it at the end, I didn't catch this. I thought he got the back. Patty couldn't get the back because Gordon actually smartly pins his right hip to the cage. And you see Patty go and feel that he can't get it. And you see him, he knows, he acknowledges that he can't get the back and almost gives a shrug. And then he he uh, he can't get even get a crab ride because he can't, that, that's how much he actually doesn't even have the position secured. But he pins the inside of his knee as best he can to clamp as best he can on a backslash corner ride and then acts like he has the back mount. 
and then does does the hand thing. And it's like when he could have been striking, he could have been going for a submission attempt. But no, he didn't have that because he didn't have any good position. And lest we not forget, after jo Gordon, who actually is the only one who scored a takedown, didn't just score a takedown. He scored a face-planting takedown in that round. Like whether you're in judo or wrestler, if you're a judo or a doka or a wrestler of experience, you guys know what I'm talking about. It is demoralizing as shit to get pinned on your face. And because I know high-level coaches like Neil Melanson and others in the UFC are actually coaching toward criteria, they are trying to make more hay smartly with these ground positions and keeping judging optics in mind and, you know, doing some, you know, uh, uh, some break, break, breakdown positions and, and mat return positions. I actually worked on this camp for my last fight with Neil, and we actually worked on finding ways to get guys to plant on their head because not only can it cause concussive damage, right, um, which we've seen that in UFC fights before for anybody who wants to pull, oh, you're, you're, you're saying like such weird things or, or, or whatever, like, uh, okay, Gray Maynard, Rob Eberson, uh, that little flyweight guy, um, Kane Velasquez, JDS, uh, what was that, uh, African dude uh, against uh, Charlie Ward, um, Bafunde uh, Galore Bafondo or whatever yeah like I mean I, I, that was off my head I just named like five from five different eras in weight classes but okay um, yeah slamming people on their head doesn't do anything okay um, that counts for something and I know that high level rooms and high level wrestlers and grappling coaches are purposely instructing to make things look visually damaging so if we're not rewarding that what the fuck are we rewarding you know are we reward? You know, if we're gonna, are we just rewarding back control? Well, guess who actually got their hooks in? Sure, he jumped high and fell over the front almost immediately, but Jared Gordon, after planting Patty on his face, took actually did take his back and put put some hooks in. Um, so if anyone got the back in that round, it was actually Jared Gordon. If anyone got the takedown, it was actually Jared Gordon. If anyone was an impactful grappler, it was actually Jared Gordon. If anyone ever went for submission in attempts, which is why Jared Gordon fell off, because he actually was trying to finish the fight, criteria, 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 it was Jared Gordon. He outlanded, we don't count significant strikes, and those stats are bullshit, but if you go through and just do the common sense counter, who's throwing more and who's landing more, it's Jared Gordon, folks. 30-27 is my revised score for this card. Um, again, as a guy who is literally being robbed right now, uh, although the money uh, is back in my account, but uh, I'm not counting my horses until it's back in my account if you know what i'm saying uh yeah that was a really long long fight but long thing to break down but i've been sitting on that and having to hear everybody else's opinions for weeks now and uh and yeah i i i know i get passionate and this and that but i i, I challenge anybody to go back and um challenge anything what i say go watch it if you feel really strong maybe we'll set up a thing where we can watch it together all right, sorry about that, folks. I'm gonna probably gonna go much faster on that one. Could you imagine uh, Patty Pimblett fighting Bobby Green or Drew Dober? How would that go? It would go awful for for Patty Pimblett. Patty, again, that's another thing too. It's it uh, here with the classic. It's not just the classic. Uh, it's not just the classic. Uh, oh, I'm on. Woe is me. I'm on the wrong end of another close and controversial decision. It's more just like these good guys, like the Bobby Green and Drew Dober. They gotta. They gotta they got to piece themselves off, whether they're veterans that deserve it, or if it's like, you know, we'll talk about Sarukian and Ismagulov. Same with the Katatalatse Ismagulov and Saryukian, uh, Gamrot, all these matches. 
um, it's the good guys that are having to constantly fight each other while we do this game, especially at 155, but at all divisions, if there's a marketable person, where we keep Connor in the rankings and we keep having the same names and the same guys fight each other. And it's just, it's just crap, man. It's really crap. And, you know, we'll get to it, but Kutatolatze would have put up a way better fight against Armin. It would have been a much more visually pleasing fight if he got the decision like, like I, I think he should have. It wasn't a, an egregious decision or anything, um, but I think he should have. Um, and Kutat, and we'll get to Ismagulov, but he kind of proved proved what I thought right if you go back and listen to my breakdown of that fight. So, of course, classic Dan Tama there. But again, not even just harping on me. It's it's the classic, like, a good guy like Gordon, you know, um, who actually keeps that same energy, who actually helps people with mental health, sex abuse victims, uh, is open to the point where he opens himself up to very unfavorable things in order to help people, something I obviously can relate to. Um, you know, I can't help people or... And as talented or these things like Jared Gordon, but uh, I certainly show my ass <laughs> and attempts to try and help like him. And, you know, just seeing a guy co-opting that message, co-opting the working class rights while he's, you know, espousing racist, racist white nationalist uh, talking points constantly. That's just embedded uh, throughout his language throughout. Um, not even talking about pulling up old tweets. Just go look at the, you know, the. The press conference has got to bring it, got to bring it to a racial category, right? right? Got to bring it to, to a guy's ethnicity and being mixed or questioning someone's citizenship or, the, or like, like if any of that shit matters, like what the fuck are we doing here? Who cares? Um, but yeah, so I, I just, I don't like that. I don't like those are the people that are being rewarded, but that's just, that's tale as old as time, man. You know, that's how this game goes. Right. And I think that's why a lot of people are upset too, because I think at a certain level, a lot of us are in unfair situations, and we would like to see, you like to see justice happen, see the good guy win, you know? You know, what the movies tell us happen, right? You know, that's not life. Life's not fair, but we like that, right? And that's okay. There's nothing wrong with that. I get life's not fair, but yeah, I think that that's where a lot of it comes from. And you, you have this betting scandal stuff, right? You've got, you know, again, another classic case when the last decision that got people upset was O'Malley. Again, similar stuff. You got Dana's boy. Um... It, it, it's. I admit these things. It's just. It's just a crappy theme, you know. And it's just a theme you see in life. I recently was watching uh, that Waterman documentary about uh, Duke Kahanamoku, you know, one of the United States only, you know, four or five time Olympians. You never hear his name amongst the Jesse Owens or anybody like that, right? Even even of those athletes, um, you know, why don't the guy literally uh, invented lifeguarding protocol with lifeguard boards? Um, <laughs> guy literally has stuff erected to him in other countries like New Zealand and Australia they have statues to this guy for introducing surfing to them introducing surfing to the world and uh, you know breaking you know representing our country when Hawaii was just a territory you know we're not good enough to uh, to represent but but America likes winning so all of a sudden you know yeah you're a citizen you're representing us even though you know we're not going to give your state statehood for another 50 years and you saw his relationship with a guy like, a, what was his name, Weissmuller or something. Um, the guy that played Tarzan in the old pictures in black and white, that guy used to be a champion swimmer. And he actually was the only guy to beat Duke when Duke was like, by the time Duke got to like his fourth Olympics or something. I mean, the guy was, you know, 34 years old Olympian, which is ancient now, especially ancient back in those days. Um, and he still barely came in second, right? But, you know, Duke was also, which I didn't realize, I'm bad Hawaiian, right? Duke, where I kind of relate, he also uh, tried tried his... Is, is, is an acting and you know stunt and, and anything he could get 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 in for and he did it you know multiple times moving to Hollywood for years and um, 
but he can only get bit roles because again Hollywood super racist even now especially toward Asian Pacific Islanders we're still the least represented in this era of representation so to speak um, you know even Marvel it's like okay you give a Shang-Chi can you still can you let can you, can you let can you let Jackie Chan fuck you know what I'm saying can you, can you let the Asian guy get, get some action for once you know anyways Walking Dead did it come on that show's like sucks anyways but um but yeah uh, of course he never got the lead roles and stuff and 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 that really like you know made him salty and kind of changed his career and I was just like wow kind of wow you know and you just see it's just you know tales all this time and I'm not sitting here trying to you know blame any of those things or, or unfairly compare here I'm just saying you know life isn't fair in many realms so I'm I get it I get it folks but that's why I think we see so many people um, up in arms about these decisions so that's just what it is what are you going to do uh, next on the list we had uh, pull it up here Santiago Ponzanibio defeated Alex Morono um, man I saw a lot of my friends on Ponzanibio and uh Good thing I, I picked pawns, but a uh, good thing I didn't play them because uh, you guys definitely didn't have my luck there. Um, Y'all got bailed out with that one. I'm happy for you. But again, it was just like, oh, oh, that luck, you know, that luck, you know, it's just, it's hard not to, uh, you know, uh, not to, uh, you know, get extra hung on to results this time of year too. You know, uh, that's another reason why myself and many maybe are, you've got, you know, fantasy leagues you play in and whatnot. Like I just closed Toutmaster. I, despite my, my ridiculously bad year of picks, folks, I actually came in, like, at ninth out of, like, 81 or 82 people, which isn't bad, I guess. Uh, but I needed to come in eighth to place and get my money back. Um, so I don't know how much I got. I think of the dude, he's it's a guy I like, too. So I'm happy for everybody, regardless if I know him or not. But I think Rip the God, shouts to you. I know you like a lot of my posts on Twitter. I think he took the number eight spot. I don't know by how much. But part of me can't help but think... Man, if Gordon came, I have you know what I've what I maybe gotten over. Maybe that guy had him too, so it wouldn't have mattered, you know. But again, back to my thing where it's like I'm not even asking for half of the fights I was robbed on. I'm not even asking for like a quarter not robbed. By the way, wow, why did I use that word? You know what I mean? Um, that I got the bad beat on. Like, dude, just give me like not even ten or twelve percent. Like, just give me two of the fights all year, and I think that could have made like a huge difference. Like, uh, I did my math, and by the way, I know I'm hard on myself, but another positive note. <laughs> Uh, I would I, I I came out on top. I withdrew more than I deposited this year, which is obviously always good. Um, but I had enough to pretty much pay off the last of my credit card bill. Of course, again, I came up just a couple hundred short, but we're talking about like multiple grands grands here um, that I paid off with my betting winnings from multiple houses. So again, for a bad year, um, still you know still coming in the black or whatever uh i just hold myself to a ridiculously high standard um i did not get the uh official third party tracking that i was looking to get for the whole year started in time so i'm waiting till next year so there's that uh, i'm definitely not bumping my chest too hard without anything like that although you guys know me and my stuff's all posted publicly um, but yeah, like again, for those reasons, like you really are just like, oh my gosh, like I really could have used it. And then, you know, I, I, you know, I told myself it was funny when I was having this thought earlier this week, folks, I was like, shut up, Dan, stop talking about your bad luck. Let's start next year's supposed good luck that you're going to get that. Let, let's start that now. And let's just stop talking about this shit. Cause I'm frankly, I'm tired of hearing it too, folks. If you're tired of hearing it, I am too. As soon as I said that I get an email notification. Oh, you just withdrew. Uh, a couple thousand dollars in Bitcoin. I'm like, no, I didn't. And that was the my bookie deal that I was going on because somebody um, 
hacked uh, my account, which I thought, but uh, from what I'm hearing, this happens a lot at that house. So take that information of what you will. I'll update you guys uh, once I'm fully out of the woods. They have reached out to me politely now. Unfortunately, I had to get ugly online, and I appreciate your guys' support. But yeah, that's that's uh, I'm, I'm tying in my betting recap with this um, this this preview. But but here we go. I'm sorry for disrespecting the chat. I just want to push through here, and uh, I'll get to you guys after I promise uh, before the next card, and then we get out of here. Drake is duplicy. Third Reich is duplicy. Defeated Darren Till via submission. Uh, via RNC. By the way, again, like not not to get. Uh, how about UFC? I mean, we got Patty the White Natty Pimblet. We got Third Rikus Duplicy. We got fucking uh, Dagestani Stipe, fucking backed by the dictator who's threatening Dana White. We got some dude with a swastika on his ankle on the prelims, and we haven't even gotten to the card headline uh, by the QAnon guy and the former Reform skidhead. Boy, if we're not talking about the UFC and MMA, I don't know what we're talking about, folks. Anyways, Drakus Duplicy sub there until like I called for, although I think I called for round two. I didn't play it, so who cares? Um, tough scenes for Darren Till. And a reminder that, like, okay, maybe yes, if you do say white nationalist talking points, I will have a bias against you. I have no problem admitting that whatsoever. Um, but... Uh, I'm often accused of unfairly hating on these prospects or people who get pushes regardless uh, if they have any uh, racist talking points. Shout out to Fenyo from the fight site. Again, hashtag uh, UFC likes racist guys. Uh, <laughs> it's just so true. Sorry. <laughs> but uh, regardless, you know, again, again, uh, regardless of any of that, I always say, uh, even when they don't have any of those baggage attached, right, I always say, folks, I'm not hating on these people. In fact, um, it's because I want them to do well is that I hate that they're getting this push because it ruins them when they're pushed into places they shouldn't be. Um, you know, whether it's more lower prof profile guys, the ones I called, like the Maximoff, we'll see what happens with him. Um, after getting pushed out there and just, you know, seeing that horrific look on his face in the stool and feeling it to go back out there and knowing that he just, that look on his face that he had bit off way too much and shouldn't have got that decision and another reason. Um, to guys like Darren Till who are more high profile pro prolong cases you know it's not just me and my bias right oh dan's a nerd and he just doesn't like athletic cheaters or popular people or whatever you want to accuse of me okay fine whatever no like at the end of the day regardless of what my feelings are or what your feelings about my feelings are they are more and much more importantly doing the fighter slash your fighter a disservice folks so i mean see the forest through the trees here um, but yeah, uh, Ilya Taporia defeated Bryce Mitchell via submission. I can't bump too hard because I wasn't too confident. I was still mid-tape study in my last podcast. And even though I picked Taporia, I did give credence to, to, to Mitchell that he's a live dog and could just end up being possibly, you know, one of those things in hindsight where like, yeah, that could have just been the, bad, that, the one bad matchup for him or a bad stylistic matchup for him, right? Uh, but no, Taporia shows why uh, me and many were high on his counter-wrestling and uh, gr and uh, counter grappling uh, when facing uh, guys like Hall to more put together offensive threats like Mitchell. Um, so he kind of proved a lot of uh, us hipster analysts right there. So that's always cool. Raul Rosas Jr. defeated Jay Perrin. Uh, no real surprises there. Uh, you know, again, just let's let you know. Uh, 
I want them to bring a guy like Rosas Jr. along slowly because it's just like I don't want to see an 18-year-old get slaughtered. But he's also here. So, again, the UFC putting these fighters in really strange positions. I'm not wishing anything ill of him like any of these other fighters. I'm just really curious on who they put him there against. Uh, although he um, looked like he would uh, beat Patty Pimblett right now. So maybe I shouldn't worry about him too much. Jarsinho uh, Rosenstrach. Hey, man, we... Dude, if Fantasy Jewish Fight League, man. They scored on both these cards. Well, we get the Semmelsberger. But right now, it's Rosenstruck Sunday. Uh, swinging on Shabbos. Uh, Rosenstruck defeated Chris Dacus. Oh, man. Dukakis. I mean, boy, how the muddy have fallen. Uh, Chris Curtis Cash defeated Joaquin Buckley. Um, that was nice. Uh, Shabazian defeated uh, Shabazian defeated Dolce Lungjambula. Didn't really watch this one too closely. Billy Quarantine. Billy Quarantillo. Billy Q, Buffalo, South Florida, uh, gets it done, baby. Uh, gotta love that. That that fight went pretty much as uh, as you know as expected, which was which was which was nice. Um, you know, you guys know me. I'm a big, big big Billy Q guy. Big fan of fighters who can you know take it up front and dish it out later. They just got to get through the storm. He did. I'm glad I added the round two to my round three normal round three flyer, which I did post along with the straight play because he got in a straight play realm. Could have, you know, I had flashbacks to PTSD, you know, from that Holtzman Guida, which again, people getting upset about Pimblet again, it's the more emotional factor because you can easily argue uh, Sabatello um, scorecard being worse, like I said at the top of the show. You could also argue uh, a scorecard like Holtzman and Guida being much worse and, you know, more controversial than um, Pimblet and Gordon. Um, I don't know if I, I would. They're all, you know, they're all pretty up there for me. Uh, tough to defend both by common sense and more importantly most importantly criteria whether we like it or not it still doesn't make sense but you know um, it's what it is uh, but yeah TJ Brown defeated Eric Silva and Cameron Simon defeated Steven Coslo not a swastika bro uh, Steven not a swastika bro Coslo I think is what his nickname uh, should be I mean you know I don't know if it's going to be a con convince anybody but you know uh, let's at least acknowledge it in the room. Uh, I'm going to answer a couple quick questions. Uh, may make a quick pause. And, uh, oh, my, I got Mike. Speaking of keeping the same energy, Mike ain't, Mike, Mike's MMA picks. Great guy. Not even just saying it publicly to be nice or to get the, the pop-up here. Mike actually messages me kind stuff on the regular. Messaged me a similar message here. Uh, because the guy keeps the same energy, man. And, uh, you know, he's got one of those strong focuses where he, he cuts everything out. And, and he's a guy I think could relate to my neuroticness of how much focus and I got to put on in the MMA game. So shouts to Mike's MMA picks. He does great work. He's he, uh, Mike contributes is the kind of, thank you, Mike, coming from you. I appreciate you, brother. Give me a compliment here. Um, Marcus Mustard, I felt lucky to win. I watched with no commentary. Maybe I needed to rewatch it. I'm not sure what fight you're talking about, but Marcus, that alone tells me that you, sir, are a great winner because you can just admit that, right? And that was another thing, you know, after the controversy and stuff, Patty goes and doubles down and goes, oh, I was up, I was coasting, you know? And again, it's just like, we're going to, you know, us to the UFC president who's supposed to be promoting these fighters are going to shit all over Jared Gordon. Um, and, you know, not the guy coasting in round three. Um, and of course, coasting, you know, that's what I hate too. That's another pet peeve. It's just bad technique, bad strategies, bad game planning, bad people. Checkbox, 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 checkbox. Patty's case, probably. But, like, you know, getting getting rewarded. That's just, it just sucks. So, yeah, yeah. Salty crew. Salty crew. Girlfriend got me this shirt in Hawaii, and it felt it's appropriate for this show. Perhaps me. 
perhaps this year with us. And, you know, I'm not alone. I'm not taking these beats alone. You bled with Wallace. Now bleed with me. Um, hey, Mike's MMA picks is also great. You're right, James Kendrick. Shouts to him. Um, all right. Let's see what we got here. Oh, do, 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 do. Ghost Phantom. I've spoken to Drake Riggs about this. If you're a fighter, why not ask the judges what they like and build a strategy around that? Absolutely. A lot of judges are willing to come in and help with that. The problem is one of the more proactive judges that likes to go into gyms and be more public with his opinions is, again, Doug Crosby. That's the problem. You know what I'm saying? That's the problem. Um, and I don't, Eric Nixick himself has let him, you know, gave him more respect than he deserves because Eric's just a super nice guy and keeps the same energy. But he said so himself. He's like, I'm not, I'm not listening or sitting with him after you know what he's heard in comparison. Because and Eric has actually done his due diligence and speaks with judges on the side, like I do, by the way. You know, we're not out here bragging about it, and you know, you know, like, like, oh, I, I have a key that no one else does, and playing that game that we like to do since we were kids. And I know this, and you don't, and I get it. I, I guess I do myself. That's totally what you could consider checkbox for my ego, right? Uh, for how I position myself and what I offer, as far as. Um, experience and, and 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 knowledge and i certainly lean into that but uh i guess that's me being again salty for not maybe uh getting credit and still doing the same work other people are doing and and then some that other people have not and probably will never do but you know it's what it is folks it what it is you know life ain't fair um let's see what else we got here da -da -da. Yep, Masvidal did do that. That's right. Um, let's see here. We got da, 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 my guy Jerry Harper. Oh yeah, I remember that. The Pimlet fighting Green. That's right. Uh, ba, 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 ba. Rain Lamb. Are you familiar with KSW prospects? Jacques Strap and Mike Rogers. You son of a bitch. Got me. Got me. I got interested. I'm actually going to be uh, writing a prospect thing for this coming year. So I was like, ooh, do I got some names I can add to the list? But no, we will not see Jacques Strap and Mike Crotch on my Dark Horses list. <laughs> Maybe in the honorable mentions. Maybe I'll put something funny like that. Don't give me ideas, Rain Lamina. That's, that's the last thing you want to give uh, weaponize this this madman over here. Um, let's see. Jared. <laughs> oh, no. Uh I appreciate that pun, but you know who came up that with that pun first is the MMA Analysis Podcast, the one of many nicknames that that podcast has hosted. That's why I shout them and talk to them as OGs in the game to show um, my respect. Um, Quarantina Shevchenko of winning the MMA Awards for Female Fight of the Year despite losing her only fight to <laughs> Oh, That's funny. I know my guy Liam picks fight. Shout out to Liam. Would, uh, would really appreciate that one. All right, I'm going to move on to uh, 16 to uh, this other UFC card here. Um, by the way, we went two for four on our round robin. We hit Action Man and Taporia Mitchell under. Oh, did we hit three for four? Oh, yeah, we did three for four. We did good. And then we also hit Dreykus. Um, Till doesn't go the distance. The only one we missed was Quarantine round three. If, we, if that was a round two, we would have hit. But um, that's fine. And then we hit Mix, which I didn't watch that fight admittedly. And again, I didn't admittedly watch Savatello, but I was just like, you know, I feel like I'm cashing bets here without watching fights. So I tried to keep that theme over uh, to UFC, not on purposely. I was, I was clearly packing, but it seemed like a, a natural plus. Um, Stotts inside the distance missed, though, however. Billy Q, yeah, round three. Curtis round two hit, which was nice. I, I did a shotgun sprinkle there. Um, 
And then again, I hit that under. Didn't miss the over in the Rosenstruck uh, dot because that was just a bad bet. Um, not a bad beat like the Gordon and Pimblet. So almost a perfect night besides those two, really. You know, I mean, besides the missed round flyers, but in both those cases, I'm cashing a greater a, 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 a round flyer that covers uh, all losses and uh, plus like a money line, big money line play on Billy Quarantine. So I will take it. Um, next one, I just kind of spam picked on Toutmaster. So I'll tell you guys honestly what I had there, but there's no analysis pre that I obviously gave or anything I can really bump my chest on. I did pick Sean Strick, uh, Jared Cannonier, despite, again, my guy Eric Nixick in Strickland's corner and Strickland, you know, um, uh, repping Extreme Couture these days and whatnot to show that, hey, I, I can't pick against my biases. I know, well, easy to say after the fact, you didn't have to post it, Dan. Like, no, no, I've done written ones, posted one plays. Um, believe me, I keep that same energy and I actually risk having to run into these people in person and in a facility where they can put their hands on me legally. So... Yeah, miss me, miss me with that. But yeah, um, that being said, and I didn't play, if I would have played anything, it would have been Cannon or plus money. Um, it was a close fight where this is, you know, and, and again, it, you know, Eric, you know, in a great reply, one of Sean Sheehan's threads saying, like, you know, it was, it was agreeing where I agree too. It was a close fight. You could justify many scores. This is not one to unfairly, again, unfairly use the scorecards where I made decisions, things be like, oh, look. Look at the rounds. They didn't agree on any of these rounds. Like This was an actual legitimate fight for that. Um, there, there could have been swings in multiple ways. I thought the leg kicks, uh, I thought a lot of the power punchings, punches were missing. So, I, you know, I wasn't falling into that trap that I often accuse other people of. Um, I did not see um, a majority of them land. But in conjunction with some of the body shots and the leg kicks, calf kicks, that Cannoneer was landing on Strickland, I gave him the first two rounds. And I edged Strickland the last three um, three, you know, it still feels like a swing round, but Strickland definitely did better in. Good enough for me to give him and, and others, apparently. Uh, four, um, I felt okay giving to Strickland. Five, they both start stepping it up. And I will admit, again, I, I kind of zoned out for a part of it rewatching this one. Um, and because uh, I was watching it during takeoff and it cut me off like halfway through because um, I was flying in the air while this fight happened. Um, but I actually ended up edging it to Strickland and felt weird about it because Strickland had damage on his nose. And I'm like, I know he had damage before in the first round, but like that looked new. Was it new or reopened? Either way, um, was it a legitimate strike that did it? I didn't see the strike. Um, I admittedly zoned out for like a really small pocket and usually I'm good about rewinding, something the judges do not have the luxury of, folks. Um, but I still ended up leaning towards Strickland. Um, on that round. So I actually scored it 48-47 Strickland. I thought if it was going to go either way despite totally being okay with the scorecards and you know and having arguments that every round could be somewhat of a swing. Um I was more expecting the 48-47s to be splits. We didn't really get any 48-47s, right? If I recall correctly. Um but yeah, I had it 48-47 Strickland could have easily been 48-47 Cannoneer with my opinion the biggest of the potential swing rounds being the 5th and possibly the third, um, w with number one up there too. Not that two and four were, were, were clear. I just felt the most comfortable giving those to Cannon. Uh, those were the rounds I felt most comfortable giving each fighter slash giving in general or signing in that fight, if that makes sense, for what that's worth. Um, Armin Sarukian defeated Demir Ismagulov. Again, I hate it when I'm right. You know, again, I, I, I didn't bet Sarukian, but I picked him. And of course, every, you know, most people had him winning the fight. And of course, like per usual, it was kicks and kicks to the body and body strikes that were a big differentiating factor um, as far as, like I always say, 
literally eight to nine times out of a ten, there's a controversial decision, and someone they thought should have won the fight, I guarantee you that fighter went to slash more effectively slash more to the body and legs more. But again, who, who the fuck am I? Am I I'm just going to keep saying things. They're going to get getting proven right until I learn to stop picking um, the good fighters and start picking the winning fighters. Then who the fuck am I to talk, right? But yeah, and then Demir is Magulov, who again... Had another argument, you know, guy lost that should have won versus the guy that won that probably should have lost. And, of course, I was on the wrong end of both those. Um, that Kutatalatse fight, like, Kutatalatse, of course, had an argument for it, even without the BS intervention in round three. That would have certainly sealed it because he clearly hurt um, Demir's Magulov. Um, but his Magulov is not the athletic phenom and the stuff that the, you know, again, I, I'm a technical nerd, hipster nerd. I love those people in that crowd. I look and can be considered. I am not being hateful. But yeah, it's one of those definite ones um, where, you know, the, uh, the, the the hipsters, you know, as my guy Kyle Max says about Magomed and Kalai, there's a contingent of fans that just want people to be good just because they're from a certain part of the world. And, um, and uh, you know, there's some gross opinions and overinflations attached from both casuals to even more educated hipsters alike. And uh, I definitely uh, do not fall into the hipster crowd when it comes to Mirza Magulov. I, I I've never been that impressed. Um, not that he's not good; he does does some good things, but it's very limited game. And uh, I think he's reached his ceiling. You know, he's not like a crazy athlete, not a crazy power puncher. Um, and it looks like all his efforts are being made to facilitate what's a limited game that needs. Um, particular conditions to not so much win but just even uh, look good um, otherwise it's going to be in close fights that he probably should be losing in my opinion not a popular one but you know, probably get proven right about that eventually like usual Amir Albazi defeated uh, Alessandro Costa I believe this was a short notice replacement um, so I just hope that they give Amir Albazi his rightful due and pump him up and give him some good matchups and maybe some flyweight some main card spots uh, I didn't forgot to get you guys my total calculation i was going to get it with this card even though i didn't publish anything or put forth i do want to own up to it you know what my main card picks were but uh I, i'm probably no better than 61 percent, which is awful for me low 60s but i do want to the records and tracking that i did do this year i definitely want to get to you guys so apologies i don't have those numbers here but that's also part of my anger with losing these close decisions and wondering, like, how much better could have my decisions been if I just got like, a couple of those? Or maybe the matchmakers, like, actually, uh, you know, uh, formatted these cards right where I'm not having that, you know, my main card pick isn't comprised of a bunch of, like, contender series middleweights and heavyweight level shit that uh, comprises that record that is posted. So you got to keep that in mind, too, because the actual good fighters with the sample sizes that are worth watching and actually have sample sizes to break down are on the prelims where coincidentally despite putting much less work in even in this year my picks are way better in so not trying to be mr hedge and after the fact but come on you can't help but put that asterisk in there right folks can i at least that can i at least have that right I'm not lying here these are facts y'all been following along at home uh, alex caceres defeated julian arosa uh, karen from ferris bueller's day off unfortunately i picked julian arosa here uh, I picked Albazi, by the way, so, uh, you know, I'm like, what, two and two now, um, you know, as far as picks go. Um, yeah, man, Juicy J. Uh, good on Casera. Just keep, every time I think like this guy, count, count this guy out, man. Like, I cannot bet against this guy whether I pick against this guy. Uh, Alex Caceres is on on a late run that, um, 
I didn't see coming. I didn't forecast, but I appreciate it. He seems like a great dude. I like his energy, so I'm very happy for him, man. As much as I like Juicy J, I like Alex Caceres too, man. So I hope Juicy J is okay. Uh, and I'm happy for Alex. Drew Dober defeated Bobby Green. Uh, let's see if y'all can guess who I picked. Let's see if, let's see if, in the chat. Who did you guys think I picked on this one? I love both guys too, by the way, but let's just see how well you guys know Dan Tom. Who did I pick? Who do you guys think I submitted for my top master pick? Go ahead and submit it in the chat. We'll see who gets it right. Um, but yeah, this fight was fun, man. Um, you know, uh, Bobby Green is just going to work on him early. And, but, but Dober stays with it, you know, is, is pressuring through. Really, uh, you know, I, I don't know how much those leg kicks affected, but it felt like Bobby's mobility, you know, didn't get as great. He really got drawn into the, to the, to the gunfight more, and with his back up against the cage, um, you know, it, it uh, <laughs> bingo. <laughs> I can't go. Ain't sorry, wrong guess, Hans. No, it was the right guess, Jerry Harper. Uh, Bobby Green, indeed, Green Machine. James Kendrick got it right too. That's right. You guys know me. You guys know I'm a Bobby Green fan. Good thing I didn't, because you know maybe I might have like bet Bobby Green or something. I probably wouldn't have even at plus money because I, I love Drew Dober and this was a tough fight that had action all over it. I probably I don't know what the numbers were, folks. So I'm not going to butt my chest would be too after the fact. But yes, I would have been shopping in more the under does not go the distance category. Fight ends by knockout category, which I think all would have cashed in this case. Um, so either that or would have just avoided out of my when it's volatile and I genuinely love the fighters because I love Dober's attitude like I love Bobby Green's style but as far as like attitudes and nice humble martial arts guy goes and I know I'm I'm, I'm very salty crew and very passionate on this thing uh, but you know I, I do have a, a decent side to me believe it or not uh, I don't know if you want to call it honorable is that bullshit as that word is but yeah I've got that you know whatever martial arts stereotype thing that Drew Dober uh, has aspires to or came up with uh, yeah I had the same things you know, taught to me too and those kind of same ideals so I definitely am very happy for Drew Dober who I use for that picture I'm going to use him sipping the coffee and playing video games um, dude's a role, role play video game plan with, or I believe what you call it RPG um, but yeah, um, wow, I'm such a boomer. What is this? What is what is that EverQuest you guys play? Wow, Dan, 90s RPG. You're really dating yourself. Uh, hey, listen, I was Command and Conquer too, too, I, you know, 2D video games. That wasn't an RPG, James. Okay, I'm just saying. Fuck, I'm old. All right, relax. I did play FF7. I, I like. I kept getting the same part and would like lose by the time I got to like the Korean barbecue town with the the big monorail and the I don't know. I just gave Barrett a really big gun and went to town. Phrasing, Dan. <laughs> Phrasing. <laughs> Version did you play? Uh, Mikhail Oleksajek defeated uh, Oleksajek defeated Cody Brundage. Um, good groundwork by um, Oleksajek there. Uh, Drew Dober minus 150 at closing plus 120 green. Gotcha there. That was the odds. There we go. I would have guessed Bobby Green. Has to be. Yeah, you guys all knew, you guys all know me well here. You guys all know me well. You guys know I, I love me some Bobby Green. I love me some Bobby Green. Um, yeah, um, I picked Oleg Sajic, so that's cool. Um, I, I don't know. You could accuse me of bias on this one, you know. Um, did she, you know, I didn't work with or anything, but shared the same practice room as, as Cheyenne Velismus. Uh, you know, she'd be in there with the amateur sparring while I was sparring, uh, trying to get ready for my fight. Um we're not friends. I don't know on a personal level or anything like too close to anything like that. So I, I don't know what bias there would be. But yeah, you could accuse maybe the extreme couture bias and why I just ended up siding with her on what seemed like a coin flip fight from face value, much less the you know my viewpoint. Um, 
you know, as far as one I didn't really too invested in. Um, but yeah, Corey McKenna won. I didn't watch it. Good on Corey McKenna. Matthew Semmelsberger, Fantasy Jewish Fight League, Semmelsberger. Uh, nailed it. By the way, I was listening to uh, MMA analysis a little before this, just like some old podcast I'm playing catch up on for my vacation. And Brad, shout out to my guy Brad Chuck. Brad Tashuk fucking nailed this fight. He fucking nailed it. Um, everyone was going in with the same confidence. I picked Matthews. I was like, oh, this guy's going to be a parlay piece. I would definitely be invested in Matthews last weekend if I were to have played folks. So I would have eaten shit, okay? Mind you. Uh, but I, I, um, Brad came in and just came in correct with the energy and goes, guys, guys, kind of did the bring down back to earth moment and like broke down exactly what could happen. Um, and uh, boy, did he. Boy, did he. And uh, yeah, it was the fact that Matthews, we could be overblown. We've seen this happen before, he said. Uh, gets to this point and then drops the ball. Inconsistency. Um, overinflating perhaps a fighter that he beat, especially realizing what people like me were saying beforehand to what we've seen after the fact as I and others were proven right. Uh, young guy being a little stubborn, falling in love with his hands. All these tropes are well established either with Matthews or in our sport as a whole. And they were all in play. So props to anybody who saw things Brad's way. Because I didn't. And I'm glad I didn't play it because I would have eaten shit. Uh, thankfully, I just eat the pick and tout master. Um, yeah, it's Saeed. Uh, Nurmagomedov defeated Saeed Yakub. Cockramanoff. Cockramanoff. He was just... He was just... Uh, Ramming all up inside Yakub shit. Wow, damn phrasing. Jesus. Uh, but no, I mean he was really pushing into him though, wasn't he? I mean, you know, uh, he was really, you know, trying to trying to push him into the cage. Really, you ever get your shit pushed in? Push, and then like, uh, cut the side. You know, made up. He's like, yeah, I front choke him, because <laughs> that is his solution. To everything. He, he almost got it earlier in the fight, and then ended up uh, snatching it as Yakub uh, got more desperate. Um, and uh, further committed to bad positions, uh, risky positions, I should say. And, uh, yeah, went fishing and paid the price. Uh, Rafa Garcia, or again, credit to the MMA analysis, my guy Brad, uh, nickname, half a Garcia. Uh, this half, I guess the good half showed up as far as half a Garcia uh, to beat Mahashate. Um, I think I picked Mahashate in Toutmaster. But uh, yeah, good on Hoffa Garcia. That was the exact fight you got to take to a guy like that. Test him on the ground, grind him out. Power striker, cut a lot of weight, missed weight. Take it to him. Good on uh, Garcia. Happy for him. Um, Renat, you can fuck right off. Oh, you know I miss saying that name. Renat, you can fuck right off. You expect me to pronounce that correctly. Defeated Brian Battle. Uh, Fakhradinov, of course, I believe did it. Via grappling and ground and pound, as predicted. I didn't watch this fight, but... I presume that's how it happened. Um, no issues there. Some third twenty five, some some ten eights. I'd like to see it. I didn't watch those rounds, but I'm I will I will agree with the ten eight scores without looking at them, just because I like seeing more of it, baby. Manal Cop defeated David Dvorak via unanimous decision. I'm pretty sure I picked Cop, uh, although I was probably tempted to pick Dvorak, um, just because I'm I like to be a hipster and pick the technical guy against a guy who can you know maybe like uh, have a few performances because he likes to counter punch where you know the volume won't be there, but. Uh, He's been working on that and uh, working a lot of extreme couture, so maybe you can count that on part of the bias. If I even did, maybe I didn't even, maybe I picked Dvorak in town. I don't know. I was like on my way out the door, half drunk and inebriated, and like, all right, I've been Toutmaster. Like, just playing on my laptop because I didn't have time. I was actually going to get those picks in and like, withdraw all my money 
to pay off uh, my bills and have some Christmas money like right after the car, but I just didn't have time. And I wish I did because uh, somebody beat me to it on one account, which again, I'm in the process of getting back, folks. Thank you. Um, and yes, Sergey Morozov defeated Journey Newsome um, right there to for that uh, fight there. Um, all right, folks, that ends the recap of those. So let's just do some listener questions. I got to use a little boys room and I don't want to uh, keep too much longer. So I'll answer what I can. I'll go back for what I can. Uh, appreciate anybody who has donated in the super chat. Please, uh, I haven't seen any notification specialty, so I just don't want to miss no pressure. I'm just saying I don't want to miss it if you did, so I'm going to go back and um, scroll through to make sure I don't miss those people. Um, not that, again, nobody donated Super Chat, and I still love you guys and answer your stuff anyways and will continue to answer your stuff anyways. I'm just saying I don't want to miss people who take that initiative, of course, because that would be, I feel like it would be rude to them. Um, Jerry Harper, I shit on Matthews. I bet a lot of people did, brother. Again, I would have too. There is no shame in that. Rain Lamina, the shy and listeners of ruining Christmas, and the Corey McKenna of using an antenna. Oh, I wanted to go back for that one, but thank you for hitting me with it again, Rain Lamina. I appreciate those, even though one of those burgundy will read on what's on the monitor. You know I'm going to get canceled reading one of your things, but I appreciate you nonetheless, Rain. <laughs> the Sergey Morozov of having a bad cough. All right. Oh, the Adrian Broner of... All right, we'll, we'll, we'll go there. Uh, we, we got uh, Jerry Harper. Green was piecing him up. Then he just decided to take a couple of shots and keep swinging and land one, which is all it took. Yeah, man, it, it, that's all it did take. Uh, James Kendrick, Code Red, the sequel of Command and Conquer? I believe it is. I don't... Um, I believe it is. I just remember playing Red Alert 2, Command and Conquer. Yes, sir. Affirmative. Acknowledge. I, I made my own map, too, called Zutroy's Domain. Uh, that's right, Zutroy. Every day you work really hard, you get one shiny penny. Um, I, I love that game, man. Building unit ready. Unit. I should. I should actually. I should get like audio um, drops for that sh- for, for the podcast. Cause like you would like whenever like you uh, build something, whether it's like a tank or a soldier, it would go building unit ready. And when like someone got killed, it would go unit lost. And it would say it in different like. Uh, yeah, that would be cool. Like, you know, just in a podcast, if it was one of those fucking stupid ass crack and back sack radio shows. Like, <laughs> like we lost that bet. Unit lost. <laughs> I don't know. Whatever. Just an idea. But uh, <laughs> it was a fun game. What can I say? T- t- Tesla coils, you know? Uh, before that, that, that name got uh, associated with something else. I liked it back when it was associated, you know, associated with zapping the shit out of people, baby. You know, not not random car fires. <laughs> Sorry. Dan, this is why you have people come at you. You realize that. Um, hey, hey, Dan, I was the one that took your my bookie money. I donated the measly amount to Jordan B. Peterson's foundation. You're welcome. Well, at least you're honest about that. Um, and again, you know, I make these comments. I got to expect them back. So it's all fun and games, folks. It's, it's all love. It's all love. I appreciate. I appreciate it. Crumbopolis Rose in general question: Have you ever picked a fighter, but wanted the opposing fighter to win all the time, dude? All the time. Uh, in fact, when you hear me say uh, it's a, a fight card where I'm primarily rooting against my picks, it's usually a bad card to bet, as it should be. Um, if those are your reads too, by the way. But yeah, all the time. I mean, um. Uh, yeah, man. I mean, it, it doesn't have to be a personal thing. Like, it doesn't have to be like a thing like, oh, you don't like this guy or, you know, for very defensible reasons, by the way. But, you know, like, yeah, you know, 
I, not that you should or I'm going to tell you what to do with your feelings, but as my guy Kyle Max said on a recent episode of Combat Chronicles, if you get too into the weeds, you're just never going to enjoy anything. Not just the sport, you're just never going to enjoy anything because most of these athletes are going to have um, ideologies, whether it's politically or not, that don't agree with yours, folks. Newsflash, people don't agree with each other. It, people don't have the same opinions. It's fine. It's actually normal are you know some opinions dangerous yes that doesn't mean you have to ascribe to those of course you shouldn't probably of course but no one should be surprised that anybody has um different opinions but even when that doesn't happen there are times where that will happen like kevin holland for example i like kevin holland um i probably like him as more of his personality outside the cage than i do as a fighter right stylistically but there are plenty of times where i pick kevin holland and i'm rooting or wanting to bet for the other fighter like it's just it just depends. There's a plenty of circumstances that can account for that, but yeah, absolutely. That that's that's happened. Um, thank you, Kazar. I hope I'm doing. I hope you and the rest of you are doing well as well. Um, Tan knows what he's talking about. If you don't agree, uh, it's okay if you don't agree. But I appreciate the sentiment, and I appreciate the you know coming from someone who also I consider knows what they're talking about. By the way, Ghost Phantom folks. Uh, if you want to find him on the socials or on this platform, uh, he's a good dude. Worth it. Worth. Uh, talking to and all that stuff. Uh, Dan, Tom, and Jack Slack are my analysts of the year. I appreciate that, James Kendrick. Just to be in the category with these analysts would be more than an honor. It's more than an honor that you put me in there with a guy like Jack Slack. Um, I would never consider myself the best, but to be respected and to even be amongst the same grouping of names, that's that's all the honor I need, man. That's all the honor I need. That's, that's, that's the ironic part, you know? Uh, future employers take note. It really doesn't take that much money and that much um, even bullshit like you could just fake your loyalty or acknowledgement uh, or not loyalty fake, fake your polite acknowledgement of me and I will like go out and lay in the traffic for motherfuckers it's like you know it's not being utilized in shit that really irks me and hurts my negotiating value but that's why I'm gonna create my own opportunities and start calling uh, doing my own uh, commentary tracks you know you can either be get, complain you're not getting invited to the reindeer games or Go out and show uh, MFers and create your own opportunities, which is how I got started, which is how I made my name. Why can't I keep doing it or do it again? I'm going to, motherfuckers. Watch. Uh, actually, seriously, watch. I could use some people watching while I get these reps and to help. Any help is possible. <laughs> Jesus. I can't even be serious when I'm talking shit. Um, Bam, Eric Betts Fights. Oh, hell yeah. Excellently unexpected Holloway gift. Thank you, Eric Betts Fights. I appreciate you, brother. Um, but yeah, man. Uh, someone else talking about my bookie. Yeah, I'm definitely going to keep you guys abreast of that. Again, um, I'm not taking anything down. I just told them that I will stop the campaign and, and um, I will issue a uh, edited, I don't know if redacted is the right word, but like uh, an updated, I should say, is the, more the right word, I guess. Um which I already did on the thread in the process of, but once uh, once the hostages are safely returned to their home, let's just say, folks, I will update and uh, give them their credit due for helping me. But if you go to that thread at Dan Tom MMA, you will see a lot of stories of this happening to a lot of people. So I know life isn't fair, like we went over. Uh, I know this is a volatile game, like I all constantly remind us all on this show. Um. But again, folks, if I can in any way help, um, even if it means showing my ass a little bit and what I'm going through, uh, which some of you got to be like, dude, how does this guy have this fucking worst of luck? What the fuck? And this guy, like, this guy's really having to go through everything to get his money. Like, I, I, he, I, he should have easily doubled the account than what he has. And now he can't even get whatever money he was able to scratch out from his bad beats this year. Jesus Christ. Right? I get that. I'm trying to also help you guys here, though. 
because it is a wild thing. It's unfair, and we know the risks, yes, for all the people that love to, you know, whenever this happens, they're like, oh, you know, from the, the James Krause thing, the people that affected, like, look at these people crying. Like, what loser is making their money on betting? Look at these people. Oh, look at these me. I think, like, FRB, Front Row Brian took a shot at me. I guess that guy's still around. It was cute. He bought himself one of those little blue check marks. Um, but I think he, and oddly enough, only other people who had the crypto eyes thing and the blue, the fake blue check marks. Before you guys get, I have a lot of friends who are into crypto who uh, who bought the, the fake Twitter blue. I'm not talking shit about everybody in a blanket brush like you see, so don't take it personal. But I am just saying, it is funny that that people that are into crypto and bought the blue check marks are the ones that are the literally the only people who even not even just said because I think it was just him, but like little cronies that liked it were all like fake cute little fake blue check mark people who are really into crypto. Like, what, what, what's that saying? Like, he, he who'd not throw stones who live in glass houses. Like, uh, again, folks, somebody referenced uh, a podcast and people I respect, CJ Saftik and Paul Shag. Appreciate uh, Paul, by the way, chiming in. But like, uh, on that thread as well. But like, talking about it, something CJ said, uh, which I, 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 I agree. And it makes a lot of sense when you have these haters. You're like, Dan, who are these people that are coming at you? And I'm like, I don't know. I just, what my, my default now is after hearing that I go. You, at a certain point, money is a is a thing, and if you say something that messes with someone's money or goes against their ideologies, uh, ideologies, especially if those ideologies are also tied in with money, um, people get really sensitive. Man, you can make some enemies for life. So even though I've always been free, I've never touted. I've always showed my work. I've always told people they can be adults, and I only state my plays. I never tell people what to play. Um, even the, despite all that. There's still plenty of people that I'm sure I pissed off because they've tailed me on a bet. I wasn't there. I didn't tell them to do it. I didn't put a gun to their head, much less even suggest they do it. But there are plenty of people that do that. They lose money and then they hate you, or they they see something you talk shit about, like you know, like I I I've, I've made like offhand comments about like Musk or Peterson. I don't give a shit or whatever, or like crypto or whatever. And it's nothing too serious. I don't even go deep like a bunch of people on my timeline see like. When everyone was shitting on everybody for crypto for losing money and being locked out of their accounts, I saw a lot. Uh, I have a lot of friends that that happened to, so that's part of the reason. Even though I've never spoken highly in crypto, I've never been a proponent of it. I've been a warner of it. I've been pissed off when you know the UFC offers that as a shitty bonus rather than paying their fighters. Yes, I'm guilty of all those things. But if you notice, I don't just like talk all that shit because again, I have people I respect who are in these things, and let's not pretend that. I or you or the general we are above, you know, getting caught up in something. I know, you know, Dana White likes to be like, I can never be scammed. And maybe that's what I should be doing here, folks. Maybe I should just be like not saying any of this. Maybe I should just be like, what's up, bro? I'm the best. I got all the picks. You want to buy me? Nothing happens to me. I always write. I can't get scammed. I'm too smart. Maybe I should just have like my whole like typical male dick out ego thing. I'd probably be a lot richer if I did that, folks. Like, I'm not even going to lie. But, wow, I guess, I, you know, screw me, I guess, for trying to be honest and actually, like, insightful and help people not give them some false illusion. I constantly remind people that this is a crazy, volatile game. But it's that human nature where we like to kind of shit on people who are kind of going through it. Um, and it's, and it's gr- both gross and also ironic for, like, crypto people who to be shitting on gamblers. Like, like, y'all, like y'all weren't gambling? Like again, again, same with, and it's the same problem with like you know these the sports books like the my bookies or the, you know uh, having fighters shill for them like and, and because it's gonna attract casuals who are the ones that run into these problems that I'm that I'm shedding light, helping shed light on. 
Um, or like the UFC putting these fighters in. Shout to Southpaw Podcast, by the way. Jason Sargas and Sam Yang, probably the best UFC 282 recap that I heard. Jason's the fucking man. Uh, real, MMA, real MMA coach there. Uh, one of uh, Felder's uh, ex-coaches, I believe. Retired Fel- uh, Paul Felder, that is, right? Um, but yeah, like they were talking about, like again, everyone's talking about the Kraus symptom, but not talking about the betting symptom. Like it's underpaid fighters. You're putting it, it's not, you're, you're putting this stuff in you know, uh, reasonable greet, uh, reasonable reach. We're putting betting stuff on the broadcast more than even what the betting-friendly sports are doing. We're having these fighters, even the ones in questions like the Kraus, on actual UFC betting shows from the on the lines to the, uh, what even right after stuff started going down, right after the Derek Minner fight, uh, he was booked for um, UFC Unfiltered. And it was funny, you could tell, tell stuff was coming down the pipe because of course those guys on the podcast they don't do anything beyond casual research so they're like James we hear you're a great better um, and they totally missed all the the, the, the the fallout from the weekend and James Cross is like yeah 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 I'm glad you guys have me on I do breakdowns I break down fights on my podcast yeah yeah but I'm here to help break down a fight and he kept like really emphasizing that like oh shit shit's coming down the pipe um, and again I didn't even pile on uh, on, on that unfairly either like uh, all the unfair pile-ons that, that have been going on in that house despite I'm actually someone that actually was affected from it if you notice I'm, I'm not doing a preview show anymore that I used to be doing right um, you know and, and, and it's because these people they came out and they kind of they kind of blew it blew it for a lot of us um, you know they, 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 they blew it for a lot of us and I talked about this before folks and again people can make fun of me I know they took shots at, you know my guy Adam Martin for saying like oh you know, he, he made a public tweet like, oh, this affects because, you know, he, he he's a neighbor up north. So a lot of you Canadian followers, a lot of your gambling has been seriously affected. And some people, some of us are pretty decent at this, folks. Like even me on a bad year, um, like full disclosure, I'm still doing the math on it. Um, but uh, I think I cleared, I don't know. I'm going to give a really low estimate just to be safe. Um, but on a probably record bad year, i I still cleared six or seven grand on a low estimate um, as far as profit. And I did not, uh, all my deposits, um, a quarter or a third of that maybe. So you do the math and that's a low estimate. I'm going to still do the math. But yeah, um, you know, easily cleared half a stack of society with all the bullshit and all the numbers minus out. And that's a bad year betting with really low amounts in comparison to a lot of y'all out there. So for what that's worth, like, yeah, some of us do, you know? Yeah, it's paid for my Christmas presents and paid off my credit cards regularly by the end of the year. And I usually average at least one more deposit before the end of the year deposit. I had it early this year because I started the year very well and then just did really poorly. Um, there was a deposit into a new account because I started a bet MGM account this year. And then there was a redeposit on multiple accounts. So not all of those or more of those were even because I even got... Um, emptied out of the account it was because I got low to my bankroll but I I was stubborn and I did did something you shouldn't do or instead of adjusting back to my smaller bankroll units um, when my bankroll got low this time of year which I was fully not that I have to be was transparent with you guys saying yeah my bankroll is really low here to where if I don't hit this one it's going to be bad and on those ones I of course ended up seeing lines that I liked and did not have enough of my account to to play my usual and it's like well then play less dummy that's what I should have done but I actually played big on those spots and it actually paid off and kept me in the game and rebolstered my bankroll. Risky, I know, I'm just being transparent, not saying you should be like me. 
But again, let's not pretend that not all of us are betting. At the end of the day, whether you're using legal houses, shady houses, whatever, we're all betting on MMA. Even people like me who want to, you know, be like, oh, I don't charge for my bets and like, you know, and kind of put my nose in the air, right? Like, I'm still betting at MMA at the end of the day. It's fucking crazy. You know what I'm saying? People doing cryptocurrency are still betting at the end of the day. If you live under capitalism, which by the way, even the fucking CCP, um, you know, the people want to, you know, talk of Americans with their ignorant stereotypes about communism in, in that country. They actually, they have a lot of bullshit in that country, don't get me wrong, a lot of bullshit control. But there's actually a, a lot of capitalistic themes that are really uh, fucking with that country too and giving the wrong people and the wrong things power. So this isn't a anti-American thing when I say capitalism. It's just talking about the fucking system that we live in, whether the definition of it or the version of it that we live in. We are all gambling motherfuckers. Newsflash. So that's why I hate it, whether it's about this talk, that I'm keeping the same energy, mind you, when it's not me, when it's about people. Other people want to pile on, like my guy Justin Janes, when the same people, whether it's media or people liking and commenting the articles to you fans out there, y'all will shit on him when he loses betting on himself. But you guys will either say nothing and or praise the fighters who do bet on themselves and win. Well, guess what? They're all literally betting on themselves, whether they're not, folks. Again, another reason why the inside information thing it was is such a... It, it, it's such it, it's so annoying that this is what's 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 uh, really getting brought up because a is something we all knew about and b if you know about it it doesn't really help you because most of these fighters will bet on themselves anyways when they're injured and they'll still go in there and fight and try to win and in many cases still win how many times has that happened but if you had the inside information right you would have been like oh i have inside information this is valuable because no one else has it and you start thinking you and the information is more important than it really is then you start running to the bank and doubling and tripling down because you heard Ninganu was injured against uh, Miocic. But, you know, and people were hitting me up like, Dan, didn't you hear about this energy? Why are you both picking and playing him? Come on, is this is this a, is this a duck, dive, and dodge to mislead people? Or are you, you know, the, the conspiracy is like, no, man, no. I don't trade inside information. And even if I did, it wouldn't have helped. Because if I had known, which I did not know about Ninganu's injury, by the way, did not, um, I would have not, not picked him and not played him. And I would have, uh, you know, played the opposite way, wouldn't I have? But I didn't. So that both kind of proves uh, an anecdotal in a sense as far as, uh, you know, as, for, as much as you can prove with just a statement, as, I suppose, as far as uh, my ethics that I keep. And I'm in the clear for that stuff that other people are getting trashed for. Um, but also shows that, like, the dangers of, of gambling, whether you have information or not. And at the fact, at the end of the day, we are all gambling, folks. All of us. So... Let's not be so quick to shit on people, whether it's fighters trying to make, you know, and I'm not talking about fighters throwing fights or anything like that. I'm talking about fighters like legitimately gambling on themselves uh, in one way or another, a literal way like James did or, uh, you know, just the the way that, that actually the system is set up, that they have to gamble on themselves right now from when to show, shit pay, and, the, you know, again, not to trigger anybody, the, you know, capitalistic society that surrounds it that we all operate in you know it's a, we're, we're all gambling man so i'm just trying to help y'all do it as responsible and kind of understand more what you're gambling but i'm in the same boat as you guys and i'm no better um and again to wrap this up at the end of the day i would rather be honest even if it involves showing my ass when i'm victimized or i'm wrong or whatever in the case is 
You know, this isn't my fault. I'm not wrong here with the my bookie thing, but I'm definitely victimized and showing my ass and opening myself up to you know the FRBs of the world to take shots. Which I've met that guy in person. I don't take that personally. Um, yeah, it's one of those. People say this a lot, and I hate this, and I rarely say this, much less mean it, but this is one of the few times where I mean it, where you ever see someone, you just, you legitimately, like, you're angry, you have all these things, you're like, this motherfucker, you have this idea, maybe it's on the internet, you see them in person, you're like, holy shit. Oh, man, is there something I can, this mother, like, like, someone's so pathetic, like, you're like, is there something I can donate to? Like, I know this person is, probably has a bigger banking account, and maybe has more followers, maybe, technically, or something, but, like, I just, I feel awful. <laughs> So that's all I'll say about that. I'll be more than happy to take strays from uh, from those uh, hurt boys um, about it. Because, again, like, you know, I think he should have shit on me. And I was like, I don't know what you're talking about. Like, uh, I got my money back and I'm still making up this year. But uh, all right. Cool, bro. Take, 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 take some shots if you want. But, uh, yeah, I'm out here living my life, folks. I'm going to um, probably regroup, try to get to the stuff that I need to get to. I've been fighting with... Uh, Betting houses, trying to get my money out the past two days. But yeah, I'm going to pay off some bills, uh, reorganize some things, try to fix this computer, get back to you guys so we can come back strong uh, with, a, with a strong push in 2023 to come back from this shit year. Um, I'm going to try to do some contract negotiations, hopefully. We'll see where I end up. Um, but any support, you know, um, whether you want to, you know, tag places you want to see me at or the existing places I'm at if you want to see me more you're not alone I would like to see me more but and I can assure you that I've been making those efforts behind the scenes in front all around for years at this point in some places um, but uh, you know I got to make my own opportunities you know so I'm not going to depend on you guys I'm not going to depend on anybody I'm not going to depend on my whining and complaining that's for damn sure I'm going to get out there I'm going to fucking not bootstrap it but I'm going to work my ass off like I always do I'm going to create my own opportunities and prove it 10 times over and work 10 times harder than everyone else has to for it because that's always how it's been for me that's fine I'm going to keep fucking doing it and uh, and yeah I appreciate you guys coming on this ride with me and hopefully we can you know, do do a little better and get some bounces that go our way. Because as you can see from the state of judging with commissions, even though there's a lot of great judges, you know, there's still a lot to be worked out from who we're hiring, how we're adjudicating, even among the elite judges, right? There, there are still things I believe that need to be done. We've got a whole slew of problems opened up with the Krause situation that's already affecting many of our jobs. And so, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how things shake out. I'm trying to stay positive. I'm trying not to shoot myself in the foot by being too honest, folks. But, again, um, your help is appreciated, and, and it is helpful. Again, no one has to do anything monetary-wise why I don't charge. You don't got to donate anything for the PayPals at MixedMartialAnalyst.com or the Super Chat. But what is worth more than even the monetary and what is really appreciated is if any five-star ratings reviews, any shares at the PYN podcast, tagging me, my employers letting me letting them know you know that you love seeing my work maybe you want to see me in other places doing other uh, other things or additional things on top of that work with those employers feel free to shout and tag those people too um let them know that you 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 want somebody who knows what the fuck they're talking about somebody who loves it has experience has passion has experience that's unique and can really explain things and talk about things um i don't know 
please. Thank you guys. I appreciate your help. I don't you don't owe me shit, but thank you guys. Um, all right, we got a uh, last of the cleanup here. Let's see. Go. Big question for you, Dan. I've noticed not a single word of the way Zhang Weili was treated at UFC 61 mentioned by the MMA media. Yes, although they've come around on her. Let me finish. In fact, the way Weili was treated at UFC 261 was way worse than what Carla had to deal with at UFC 281. I do agree, since it was race-driven, of course. Elephant in the room, right? However, I have seen from most MMA media are angry and disappointed in the fans' reactions towards Carla and started making a case why she was an all-time great. I don't know about overcorrecting that far, but you know me. I'm a, I'm a Carla stan, both unironically and ironically. Um, James Kendrick says, Now my point being is where this may... Where was this sympathy... And standing up for Whaley when Whaley lost to Rosa 261 and a clear apparent racism fans poured on Whaley when she lost. Um, as you always say, it's hard to keep that same... It's hard to keep that same energy for an Asian person who is successful, right? I mean, there, there's definitely race stuff in there, but I guess I could say this. Maybe you could also incorporate my points as far as, like, overcorrecting the steering wheel. Maybe people felt bad about what you are talking about and decided to try to, like, you know, uh, overcorrect it by being, you know, overly fandom of Whaley, right? Um, and in that overly fandom of Wade Lee, led to shitting on Carla, which was a perfect storm because of the fight that she just had. As we see unpopular fights, fans judge you off your last fight, especially when it was a bad fight against another popular, legit popular fighter uh, in Rose Nami Yunus, right? Who's like a, a darling to so many people. So I, I would say it was a perfect storm of that, um, James. But I appreciate your answer, and I'm glad I got to it. Um, Jerry Harper, Super Chat. Thank you, sir. Appreciate the donation from my man, Jerry Harps. Just because you're the best, buddy, what fight are you looking forward to most as a fan next year? Um, I don't know about what fight I'm looking forward to most as a fan, to be honest. Uh, it's kind of hard to keep up, but I will say, Jerry Harper, you were one of the people I, I will keep in mind for that. Uh, it sucks because my bookie was also the only house. The people were like, why would you play them? It was the only house letting me round robin. Um, and as you guys know, I've, I've done, despite how many times I've come this close to the, a lot of these bullshit calls hinging on a massive night with my round robins, as much as feels like I've had a shit ton of those more than I should, there has also been enough money produced on the round robins for profit that I'm really going to miss it. But because of guys like Jerry Harper, who I appreciate the super chat donation, who I know have profited big on the that time where, you know, again, my bookie wasn't letting me bet round robins for a while. Surprise, surprise. Um, I don't know if this stuff's really coincidence now that I'm looking back on it. Um, yeah, like, uh, there was a lot that hit the ones that did hit. Of course, I wasn't able to play, but guys like Jerry Harper were. So I, I appreciate the love, Jerry. Um, because you're going to watch the, I'm going to try to, I'm going to try to watch Bellator and Risen. I know I've been bad about that. Big fan of the pod, Laka says. Thank you, sir. I appreciate that. Liver kicks or left hooks to the liver? I love both, man. Liver kick is the best, but I love me the left hook to the liver. I was a Mickey Ward fan, man. Come on. Uh, I love me the left the left hook to the liver. What is your most anticipated? Mine is McKee versus Roberto D'Souza. Ooh, that's a good one. I got to look at the card, Kazar, to be honest. And as you can tell, I have to use the little boys. And if I'm going to end this podcast, I'm going to appreciate you guys again at the PYN Podcast on all social platforms. Find me at Dan Tom MMA. Make sure you like and subscribe if you haven't already, especially like the video. Um, Five-star ratings and reviews on Apple Podcasts will be awesome. I'm going to try to get on Stitcher and everything in the new year. You guys might not hear from me. But probably won't do a year-end wrap-up, uh, knowing how things go. Probably no neckies this year. But if I am, I will be back and hopefully not doing the pee-pee dance. And, uh, you know, we'll see. Round robin every week, Jerry Harper. That's right, baby. All right, guys. Until next time. I love you guys all. Much love, everybody. Thank you for listening to my rants. And until next time, protect. Mm-hmm.